What are you supposed to be, a clown or something? Sometimes. It's more like surfing than skating. I wish the rain would stop just once. Can't rain all the time. Eric? The MW Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm joined with Car Car. It's Mr. Adam Parry. Hello, Army Jim Lad. Yeah. Thought I'd just get into the swing of things. <laughs> We're not doing a pirate film, are we? No, that, we? that was my impression. That was my impression of, of Brandon Lee. Oh, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, how are you, my friend? How is things I'm... going? Very well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, alive, all limbs. Good. What more do you need? Well, yeah. not much, I guess. You know, it's yeah. it's good good that you're alive. However, the death, um, life and death, uh, is is one of the themes of the movie that we are chatting about uh, today. But I should introduce it properly first. Uh, this is a spotlight reflection movie show, which gives us an opportunity to go back and watch films from our childhood and um, review them, dis- decide whether or not they still live up to the memory uh, or if they are utter shite. Uh, we've done a fair share of them uh, over the past, oh, bloody hell. Is it two years? Two years! Fuck wow. me! Sorry, well, stop crinkling, you little git. Who's crinkling? One of my cats has just decided to roll around on a on some like uh, brown packing paper on the floor. Well, there you go. That's what cats do. Yes. They like annoying you, don't they? And uh, doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, wow. There we go. I should have said happy anniversary to you, but it's gone and gone now because we released our first ever episode. Um, on the 5th of September 2019, and that was Biggles, bloody hell. Yeah, I mean I, know, I mean, I sent you a ring through the post, I'm still waiting for anything back from you. I know, well, you know, you've got my undying love and devotion, forever, again. All of those pictures that I've sent you. <laughs> Another theme of the movie we are talking about to tonight, which brings us on to um, our scheduling. Depending on when you hear this, hopefully... It will be released on the 31st of October because we, yes, we wanted to do a Halloween film in our first year. If you remember it rightly, we did, yeah. we did our Halloween film and it came out in December, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was, which one was that again? Was that return of the living that... dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let me... <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes. Uh, well, it, you know, it's, it's uh, a horror comedy, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, what else did we... Let's just have a quick look. Let's just go back on the website, which is uh, 60mw.co.uk, by the way. So is this this is our third Halloween, then? Uh, no, this is our... Or second Halloween. Second. No. Third, yes. Yeah, it must be third, yeah. Yeah. Um, what the hell did we do last year? Last year, we released... And this actually did come out on the 31st of October, so well done, Dave. Uh, was Body Bags, 
Jesus, was that a year ago? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? So we, uh, needless to say, other than the first year where it slipped a little bit, we uh, like to do a Halloween show, don't we? Yes. And um, so it, 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 this was my pick. Um, and um, oh, it's not necessarily a horror film, I would say, but it does definitely tie in with Halloween theme because it's set on yeah. Halloween. Exactly, yeah. And uh, it's also, you know, I don't know if you know, but it's, you know, people go, I don't remember you saying about The Crow. No, because we did this privately because we were going to do uh, um, uh, anything but what do we call it? And um, yeah, but we, we decided to do a Halloween film without announcing it first. Yeah, because look at us. Show. Yeah, mm. we're rebels, aren't we? Uh, yeah. We can do what we want. Uh, we're yeah. free. Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, you can't push us into a corner. We can do what we want. <laughs> So anyway, we mm. are talking about The Crow from 1994, um, directed by Ale- Alex, not Alexis, Alex Proyas, I think that's how you pronounce his surname, yeah, who is an Australian director, I believe. Oh no, he re- relocated to Australia. He's born in Greek, Greece, uh, not Greek. <laughs> I'll get my words out. Um, now, have you heard of him before? Have you ever looked at any of his stuff? Well, you know me and and, and research. Um, the name rings a bell, I think. I, I, I haven't done any research. I've just watched the film. I you know I, I turn up. I'm lazy. That's fine. That's fine. But, um, so you know, apparently he wanted to shoot the entire film in black and white. Were you, oh, you did, you did a little bit of research. You looked at the first um, bit of trivia on I'm IMDb. Certain, yeah, well I'm done. certainly looking at it right this second. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Um, no, um, his history. Looking at IMDb is that he did a lot of uh, move, um, music videos and worked with a lot of different artists like Fleetwood Mac, uh, Crowdy House, Rick Springfields, etc. Uh, Cutting Crew, uh, Sting. There you go. Um, and the, the Crow, I think, may well, based on this anyway, don't quote me, uh, would have been his first feature film. Um, then after that, he never... Sorry, he record. Oh, my God. <laughs> he directed... But I've never seen it. I've heard it's really good. It's acclaimed, apparently. Uh, Dark City from 1998. Have you seen that one? I've not seen it, no. 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 Weirdly. I've heard well, it. Weirdly. Uh, but... Well, you know, I've heard good things about it. But uh, uh, And then iRobot with Will Smith. You've no doubt seen that. Yeah. I've, I've, I don't think I've seen it in one go. Yeah. I, it's, I don't think it's a film that's aged particularly well. But, uh, no. you know, uh, it came out around the time when... Um, Minority Report and uh, who's the guy who wrote that? He was a Scientologist, wasn't he? Um, um, help me. W- uh, was he? I'm, sh- I'm sure he was. The guy who wrote them was a was a oh, Asimov. There we go. Isaac Asimov. Uh, his books were sort of like you know. In, I don't know if he was a Scientologist, was he? In vogue. I'm sure he was. I could be wrong. Who cares? Uh, well, I do because it's it's called factual, <laughs> which <laughs> even it probably isn't a word. I don't think that we are big enough yet that we get fact checked um although i could be wrong you know we yeah. could uh you know get uh, people well, alan will let us know anyway yeah i'm sure alan will if not he, he did a lot of uh, science fiction stuff anyway good old uh... <laughs> he did science fiction doesn't mean he's a scientologist that's possibly where i'm getting the mix mi- yeah, i'm mixed up <laughs> i'm conflating the two i love that word and it's only because alan taught me what it meant but i love it it's a great word um what word was that conflating 
What flating? Not deflating, conflating. I'm sure it means when you mix two things up um, that sound the same. But uh, why would you not just say mixing things up? Because uh, conflating is such a fucking awesome word. So, um, this is like, oh, I don't say shoe, I say foot covering. This is an educational podcast, after all. Um, even though it might not be factually correct, but still. Uh, then he another film I've seen of his uh, in 2009 with Nicolas Cage, Knowing. Have you watched that one? I haven't seen that either. Okay, it's all right. I mean, it, it's uh, it it's it's one of the movies where Cage is a. He's not as batshit crazy as he can be, but it's uh, it's okay. Uh, Gods of Egypt. Have you ever seen that one? No, I was t- I was t- I've heard it's bobbins. Yeah, I think it might have been on a streaming service at one point. I was going to watch it, and then I d- I just didn't find myself in the right mood to watch shit. Yes, it's it's Gerard Butler, and uh, oh dear. yeah, so that's uh, you know Gerard Butler's marmite, isn't he? I think uh, you've got to be in a certain mood, definitely, and. Uh, it's shit. It really is awful. The CG in it is fucking awful. Uh, but apparently he just took a load of money from the Australian government and made a film. And there, there you go. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not good. It was one of the double dip picks that Dave and I did. And it is it's shit. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm sure that there is in the archives. I don't think it's been released as a remastered show yet. But I'm sure that Dave and Tom interviewed uh, Alex Proyas at some point and again I could be mixing him up with another director but I'm sure he sounded a bit pissed when they interviewed him um, but again just take my word for it uh, unless uh, you know the show does come out and he's he's as sober as a judge uh, but still or it doesn't come out because it doesn't exist <laughs> I'm sure I'm developing some form of Alzheimer's um, but uh, there you are anyway um, so the crow from 1994 I said I picked this because I haven't seen it in probably at least 15 to 20 years um, and at one point in my life I was pretty obsessed with it um, you go first though uh, because I want you to sort of like tell me about your memories of, of the crow okay well <clears throat> I don't think I haven't seen I might have watched this once when I was at uni, maybe. Not like the first time, but I mean, I I, I haven't watched this. I guarantee I haven't watched this for 20 years. Um, first time I watched it, it was, uh, I was, I just started to get like into grunge music and whatnot. I'd sort of hung around with a, with some mates and um, we used to go around this girl's house and uh, her dad used to let us drink beer and stuff when we were 15, which was ace. And uh, I think every every other Saturday we used to bundle around their house, watch film, drink beers. And uh, one weekend we got The Crow uh, and watched The Crow and fucking loved it. And uh, yeah, I think I chucked my mum 10 quid the next day and she got it from Woolworths for me on VHS cassette. And uh, then it was part of just part of my um, preferred VHS cassettage. And I watched it quite often. And uh, I don't know, it's... it's it's one of them I've, I've always I've always had a soft spot for it, but I haven't watched it in that long, and I I, I don't know why it was really weird. But at the time, it was it was like it felt like a film that was made. You know, I think one of the first films I thought I watched it, and I thought this has almost been made for me visually. Uh, no, I, I was never like a, a gribo with you know weird clothes. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't have long hair mm. really or anything like that. I was. You know, I, I say normal looking, but I, I look like an average human being. But I was into that kind of stuff, so this film felt like it was made specifically almost for my tastes. It had 
bands that I was just getting into in it you know the soundtrack was amazing you know my favorite soundtrack for years you know I still hold it in pretty high regard and yeah it was just it I think it was one of the first films I watched where I thought yeah this this, this has been made I felt like it was made for sort of my generation at that time it wasn't like I weren't hopping onto a film that was called 10 years earlier it wasn't made for me mum and dad it felt like it was made like made for the generation that I was in mm. and it's, it, that's why it stood out to me I think yeah, <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. And how old would you have been when you watched this then? You're at uni, so how old, uh, roughly? Oh, no, there's been, this, I would have watched it before uni. As like I said, we would have watched it Oh, when 15, I was, sorry. Yeah, 15, 16. Right, okay. So I, I, was still, I, yeah, I was still at school, so yeah, 15, 16. Got yeah, okay. So I'd have been slightly older. I was 18 when I watched this, when it came out. And just look, it, watching this film has, has sort of brought back a lot of different memories for me um, that... I wouldn't say I've suppressed, but I just haven't thought about it for a very long time. Uh, you know, kind of thinking back to when I was 18 years old, what was I doing? Uh, what kind of place was I in sort of like mentally, you know, and, and what was going on in my life? Um, just to set the scene a little bit, 94 was a really good year for film. And I was going to the cinema, um, you know, so I saw Pulp Fiction at the cinema, uh, Leon, uh, or The Professional, as it's known in America, which, you know, is another favourite of mine uh, Street Fighter the movie obviously uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, The Crow and Speed I mean that was another one uh, yeah. True Lies do you know what I mean these are some all, all these quality films I could have watched at the cinema if there had been a cinema in the town that I lived in oh really okay but yeah. so when I was 18 I think because you, you're still a teenager you're still you, you're sort of on that weird transition of uh, becoming an adult and you're still a kid and you, you're learning yeah. you're learning things about yourself still you're experiencing things for the first time um, you're going out and you you know like you going to clubs listening to different music um, and so your your emotions and, and how you feel about yourself are sort of all over the place um, I or for me anyway I uh, met my first girlfriend when I was 18 and I'm not kind of talking about like you know when you're at school and so and so says you're going out with so and so and you, you're going out apparently and you're not really and then you break up and you know, you know it's like well we're actually going out um, this was like my first girlfriend that I actually fell head over heels in love with and yeah. you know uh, we met in the club that I love going to and the music that they played called the Dorchester in Wolverhampton um, and um, yeah and so you know, my first sexual experiences. I know people will think, God, you're 18. Wow, well, you're a late developer. Possibly, but well, whatever. Um, but, you know, all of that was going on when I was 18 years old. And then, you know, you got these movies and you got The Crow. And uh, it, it just, like you said, it struck a chord for me. And I think you are absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. And, and I've been kind of been thinking about how I can... Um, best say what I want to say without it kind of coming across as jumbled and mixed up but is that what you've just said there is that you felt that this movie was made for you at the time that it was made because it had exactly what I loved about it, it had all of the themes in terms of the the the, the love uh, that the, 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 it goes you know that the, the characters go through the 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 anger the all of the emotions in it you know the loss the, because so when I met my girlfriend, like I said, we fell head over heels in love. And for a few months, it was everything. We talked about getting married. You know what I mean? You, you go through those kinds of yeah. things when you, you're a kid. And, you you know, you're looking back, you kind of laugh a little bit. But, you know, um, I wasn't in the best 
place myself personally in terms of self-esteem and how I thought about myself, how I looked at myself and, you know, I didn't sort of particularly like myself as a person. That was, I think, because of the nature of the type of music I listened to, you know, it's it's like you, I was into grunge music. It was all the rage, wasn't it? And and if you think yeah. about, I still lo- love listening to grunge music in the right frame of mind. When you yeah. think about bands like Alice in Chains, you know, it's not about most happy-go-lucky, cheery type of music to listen to, is it? You know, and like Soundgarden, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots. It's all about angst, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. the thing. That's kind of like the the general feeling that I had was was angst. And your emotions go from naught to hundred, don't they? It's like you. If you experience something like, um, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, uh, breaking up with a girlfriend or whatever, it's like the worst thing ever in the world, isn't it? You know, nobody else yeah. has ever experienced those uh, emotions. <laughs> you kind of are a little bit oh, at like the time, yeah, yeah. Kevin, the, Kevin, the teenager. You know, it's mm. it's almost but heightened because when you throw alcohol into the mix as well, and you know, yeah. other thing, other things like that. Um, so like i said that kind of music and then so just talking about the soundtrack i know i'm bouncing around a little bit but the soundtrack to the crow is i mean it's got bands on there that i was listening to at the time rage against the machine stone temple pilots you know got into the cure a little bit um uh nine inch nails so the soundtrack. i mean i was listening to it uh earlier on today and it's still got some fucking awesome songs on there do you know yeah. what i mean um so anyway, went out with her for a few months with this girl and then uh, one night we went to a club and found her getting off with somebody else. And it was like devastation, you know what I mean? And so um, going through lots of emotions that year, like I said, finding somebody, falling in love, losing them, and then, uh, you know, uh, de- trying to deal with all of that. And for a long time that shaped my emotion, my emotional state, particularly when it came to girls. And that didn't help my self-esteem <laughs> any more. It's like, why did she leave me? What's wrong with me? You know, so anyway... But The Crow was a film that I went to the cinema to watch and fell in love with it. Like, like you, loved everything about it. It dealt with a lot of things that I was going... And so, well, like I said, when it came out on VHS, I would watch it obsessively, listen to the music obsessively. And um, I think the reason why I haven't watched it for so long is because you kind of grow out of those emotions, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You could, you could be right. It, maybe it was a film for a time, a time and a place in your life, and you know, maybe that's why I didn't watch it for ages. Because yeah, obviously thing, things changed. You, you, I don't want to use the term grow up, but you know, there is a big difference between being eighteen and say twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, you know, mentally you you change a lot in that time. Just because you're eighteen, you're not an you're not an adult. You know, you, you a lot of things change in in like. The two or three years after that, you know, but for me even more so because like I said I was only fifteen or sixteen. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, like yeah, if you, like, I, <clears throat> I had been a raver, you know, had all the curtains and everything like that, and uh, always still like, you know, I've, I've never ditched music, but it just yeah, this was the grungy point in my life where I got in, got into that. Mm. Although I did the opposite, I didn't grow my hair long; I actually cut it short again. Um, I got my first leather jacket. That was cool. Yeah, uh, started drinking properly at the te- at that tender age. You know, I'd started when I was thirteen, but you know, started to really get into it when you're fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which you wouldn't, which you wouldn't do now. No, um, went to my first pub when I was sixteen. But like you said, yeah. I drank before then because you know my mum and dad used to go to the pub, and so yeah. you know you'd go and they'd offer you a bit of cider. <laughs> Some people never figured it out, did they? Some people would have beers <clears throat> when they were little, and they just act like fucking idiots. 
but we realised, okay, we can go and get served in a pub, and as long as we don't act like twats, we can keep going there. Mm. There's a fucking plan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I mean, you talking about music, I mean, like this again, this going back to this club, which uh, we went to, I mean, it's fucking amazing. You think, well, get in at nine o'clock and it was a pound entry and I think it's like 50p a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those kind of places. And so you get absolutely hammered for like 50p for an hour. You get absolutely battered and then you just like be moshing and dancing to all these different uh, songs. I had my first... Um, uh, dabble with um, narcotics in there. There's somebody that uh, took us into my friend Christopher Jelly. I know my friend took me into the toilet. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> it wasn't. This the... is called rehip. <laughs> um, but you know, he, he uh, somebody was selling um, LSD, and so you know, we went in. We had uh, half a tab each, and then it's like oh, this is shit. This isn't doing anything. Um, so we went back and bought some more, and we had some more, and then and next thing I know, I'm tripping off my tits, and I've got, <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, you're just kind of like you're laughing like twats at each other, yep. and uh, and then you know you're watching your hands, and it's like wow, look at these trails, they're amazing, and then you're up all night <laughs> fucking trying not to jump out the window, um, <laughs> and then the next day you're looking in the mirror, it's like your eyes are just, um, anyway, but so in terms of the music, like I said, it was mainly. There was grunge. There was a lot of a bit, a bit of hard rock, you know. So they play a bit of Pantera, or whatever. But then I think the music started to change a little bit. And this is where my taste changed because there was a bit like the early Prodigy, you know, Chemical Brothers, yeah. you know. So that kind of music, it was just it was all thrown at you. It was like there was so much thrown at you, and it was like trying to deal with it all. But The Crow as a movie really struck a chord with me. Um, wanted to be like uh, in terms of. The, the the look you know I grew my hair long not necessarily because of the crow but it it it, it uh, kind of backed up what I was doing you know convinced me to do it even more because of the yeah. type of music so I, I was I was already growing my hair long but then seeing Brandon Lee you know with his long hair and uh, my hair is quite wavy anyway when it gets long so you know it kind of like wow you know and um, so. And, and and even now like if I go to a Halloween party generally I've been to a few Halloween parties I go dressed as the crow you know put the makeup on uh yeah. you know so although i have quite a simple costume isn't it but effective it, it is it's just black isn't it it's just like yeah. you know a black tight top and some black trousers or a black uh you know something black some boots and then the makeup and that's it i even bought a wig um you know for well, yeah let's be honest at our age you need a wig because really. <laughs> i i've got the wrong color hair for it and uh, i don't think you've quite got the luscious locks i definitely don't have the luscious locks anymore so you know but like you said, you kind of like you live that moment, don't you, for a while, mm. and then you put it in a box, and then you kind of forget about it. And you, as you get older, and you get responsibilities, and you leave that part of your life behind you. So that's kind of, I suppose, where I'm coming from. Yeah. Until now, and I'm not going to give anything away about what I think about the film now. But that, those were my feelings at the time. It was such an intense relationship with this movie because of yeah. everything about it, the the the, uh, the character, and I think, I mean. I'd seen a few Brandon Lee movies. Uh, I can't say I was a huge fan, but I, you know, um, oh, little oh, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah, yeah uh, I think that's the only one I've seen, and I've only ever seen that once. Yeah, and and that's a bit shit, but it's kind of enjoyable shit. Um, and then Rapid Fire was another one that was kind of like his fairly big budget movie, which was okay, you know. But he kind he was starting to go down the road of just being a martial arts 
star and and yeah. you know and doing those type of movies a bit wisecracking because he's a little bit wisecracking in um showdown little tokyo um but you could see that he got something about him but when he did the crow and having watched a few interviews of him which i've seen before but you know i, I watched again i think he even he recognized that this was the role this was his role and you, you do it does happen occasionally doesn't it where you always associate an actor with a certain role yeah uh, i think i think even if what happened hadn't have happened this still would have been a a turning point yeah it it would have been i think he would have probably still done some of the martial arts stuff because you yeah. know he's got those skills hasn't he but i seriously think he would have gone on to do other things in terms of a more dramatic stuff because this isn't just a clean cut you know straight out action movie not no. at all is it um it's but it's so I, I definitely think that, yeah, like you said, he would have gone on to do, um, you know, more dramatic roles than just being sort of pigeonholed into uh, an action star. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, go on, sorry. No, because no, you, no, you can't. I was going to say the, the, the difference between, I mean, obviously you were in, you were in clubs you know, taking LSD and being aroused about. <laughs> you know, I was sat around someone's house drinking a beer. All right, shouldn't have been. A bit, you know, little bit leery, but, you know, that, but uh, the... the <laughs> I mean, the only other thing I really did... Oh God, I had, a, I had a camcorder at the time. Mm. You know, because, you know, we used to spend... You know, so we were just getting into the pub thing. But we used to spend most of our nights walking around town because there's fuck all to do where I grew up. So when we had a camcorder, you know, opportunity knocks. So we, we spent a couple of weeks um, sort of uh, recreating scenes out of The Crow. Um but we called it the bean because a we didn't have a crow. We had a runner bean because that was all that was in my mum's vegetable <laughs> basket. Uh, so yeah, I I I, I was Brandon Lee. Um, we did a few we did a, a few shots like we re- couldn't quite recreate the running across the rooftops. So there's me running through a forest, um, which was hilarious because at one point I tripped over because I was running through brambles and stinging nettles. I was all I was all painted up. We did we did the face paint. And I was wearing all the black, but I yeah went 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 flying into a into a, a pile of stinging nettles and brambles. That was fun. Uh, we redid the fight scene with Tintin, um, wow. and we didn't have knives again. We had to raid the vegetable drawer, so uh, my mate was throwing potatoes at me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Again, hilarious because at one point I caught a, I caught an absolute full boot in the testicles, which. Uh, which which caused lots of laughter and didn't look very manly on video, but Jesus Christ, that hurt. But you know, we recreated the lines. We did. We did. So, one of my mates was uh, you know snorting coke, and we did a few other scenes. Me, you know, when he changes into the crow, that kind of stuff. Did kind of that, but all under the bead, just recreated things and looking like idiots. We did that for a few weeks, and then we moved on to recreating Ghost Watch. Oh God, is that the BBC show? <laughs> yeah. God, I remember watching that and it absolutely scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the one with Michael Parkinson, isn't it? And, yeah. But oh. It's amazing what you do on a Saturday night when you've got a bit of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty and a camcorder on you. That's amazing. Uh, please tell me you still have that. I probably have in the loft somewhere. I've probably got bits and bobs of it knocking around. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Oh <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Wow. Um, the fucking bean. The bean. Fucking hell. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a piss take because we all absolutely love the film. But mm, I think budgetary and veg- vegetable restrictions caused caused some slight differences. Awesome. 
Wow. I, well, that is is. I mean, that's kind of. It's not on the same level as my larping, but it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, live action role play for anybody who wants to know what larping means. Um, yes. So, but um, so yeah, I, like I said, that's kind of my history with the crow, and I think you know it's it's mirrors uh, from yourself a little bit, and also I'm sure a lot of people of our age um, would have more than likely fell in love with the film for the reasons yeah. what we said i mean in terms of you know it's 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 like a bit i suppose when heath ledger died after doing uh the joker in batman you know yeah. that film would have been successful no doubt but would it have been as successful had it not had the notoriety of him passing away sort of like you know after yeah. the film had been made i don't know i mean i still i still believe in my heart that I still think this film would have been a success and I think Brandon Lee would have gone on to bigger and better things but you, you know you're never going to know I, think, I, I don't know because like the Heath, I mean obviously they, they both died while, make, while making those films but Heath Ledger is more about the performance but and obviously you know, this this has got performances in it as well but I think just, just capturing that moment for, the, for that generation of people you know I don't think The Dark Knight did a similar thing that was just you know because it was a big big massive film anyway mm. But I think I think yeah, this just this just captured that moment in time. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's got a good cast as well. Um, you got Michael Wincott, who's got an amazing voice. Um, sounds like he smokes about three hundred cigarettes a day. Um, yeah. But uh, he plays uh, the the big baddie. I didn't know his name until I've just looked now. Same here. It's never uttered in the film, is it? Not to my knowledge, anyway. Um, no, no, it was really getting on my nerves. Yeah, but he's called. <laughs> I didn't know what to put him down as. He plays a character called Top Dollar, um, and uh, then you've got uh, Rochelle Davis as Sarah, the the young girl who uh, is a friend who Brandon Lee uh, and uh, his uh, fiance look after. Uh, she's a bit of a sort of street urchin, isn't she? Character. She's a full-on Grebo. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Lee plays Eric Draven. Should say that he's obviously the lead. Uh, Ernie Hudson, who I like. Um, I completely, it completely blew my mind that he was in it. I said, bear in mind, I haven't looked at anything on this film for two decades. Didn't realise it was Ernie Hudson who was the policeman. Yeah. Uh, he plays a cop called uh, Albrecht. Again, no first name. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Bai Ling, who plays the strange Micah, who's the girlfriend of Top Dollar. Again, you never find out her name. No, I think it may have been mentioned once, but I I, I was watching with the subtitles on. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Sophia uh, Shinus, or Shinus, who plays Shelley, uh, who's... Um, sh- um, is it Shelley Webster? Uh, no, is it? I can't remember. Shelley Webster. It's just Shelley. Um, oh, I think oh, did I write that? It is Shelley Webster. You're quite right. There you go. Anyway, um, I was going to say Sally Webster, but I knew that she's <laughs> <laughs> he's a character from Coronation Street. Yeah. Uh, then you've got um, Anna Thompson as Darla, who is Sarah's mom. Um, mm-hmm. She's a drug addict and has very little to do with uh, Sarah. Uh, then you've got David Patrick Kelly, who is one of those actors that you've seen in loads of things. Is he in Twin Peaks? I well, I've never seen Twin Peaks, so I don't know, but. He is the bad guy in the Warriors. Uh, oh, of course he is. No, I don't. No, I think it's a different film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Warriors come here to play. That's yeah. him. Yeah, and uh, he's one of the bad guys in Forty Eight Hours. He's got um, 
as a, an actor. He's only actually got 74 credits on IMDb. I thought he got loads. But yeah, he's one of those people that use... He's kind of got a weird face, hasn't he? He generally yeah. plays bad guys. Uh, oh, he's never going to be a hero, is he? No. Uh, <clears throat> and then... Uh, rounding off the gang of bad guys, you've got Angel David, a skank. Lauren... Wow, Angel David. Yes. Was he in Young Guns? Uh, I've never seen Young Guns. I've seen the sequel. What? I've that's the one with Emilio Estevez, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Really? Uh, no, I've never seen that one. Um, oh, I, according like to IMDb, just... he's not. No. Well, it's just it's only his voice. His voice sounds a lot like one of the fellas from Young Guns. He's got that same sort of. Fucking inbred mutant voice. Is that his real voice? Because I don't well, know if he's putting it on. He's just a bit. I'm a skank. dude. Yeah. He sounds like he does sound like a hick, but I wasn't sure if he's a bit special, you know, uh, <laughs> as well. Because he, he, we'll talk about it when we talk about the movie. He said he does seem to have superhuman strength at some point. Um, yes. You know, but uh, anyway, you know, and they do say the special ones have got superhuman strength, haven't they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, then you've got um, Lawrence Mason as Tintin um, and um, Michael Massey as Funboy, uh, who's sadly no longer with us. Rounding off the bad guys. Fuck me. I mean, look at these people. Tony Todd. Good, only Candyman as um, yes again didn't know his name until I looked no. on IMDb <laughs> no. Grange uh, oh that's what not Danny DeVito's called hey John John Polito Polito as yeah. Gideon that's him yeah he, always known I always knew him as not Danny DeVito because he's got that same sort of squat appearance that same kind of voice as Danny DeVito yeah hilarious thing was that must be a thing that a lot of people think of him as not Danny DeVito because. In one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he turns up as Danny DeVito's brother. No way. Wow. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, again, sadly no longer with us, but uh, he's the Italian De- Danny DeVito. Even though, well, Danny yeah. DeVito is Italian, isn't he? All kind of, he, sort of, maybe. I don't know. Is he? Well, I'm guessing he's, <laughs> his ancestry is Italian-American. I mean, DeVito is, is, if that's his name. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so there Bill you go. Raymond. Bill Raymond. He's, uh, weirdly... He plays the Greek, I think, in series two of The Wire. Oh, really? Wow. It's been a long time since I've watched The Wire, but there you go. So, um, and it, uh, you know, it's uh, um, Marco Rodriguez as Torres, who's the lieutenant who's always giving shit to Albrecht. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, he is, again, one of those people that you've seen him in stuff. This is actually probably the first serious role I've seen him in where he's not playing an absolute twat uh, because he is the... Um, if you, people remember Cobra from Stallone movie, um, he is the guy who walks into the supermarket and starts shooting it up at the start. Uh, so there you are. Um, I didn't know his name was Torres. I had him down as Detective Acne. Yeah, yeah. He's got pocked, marked skin, hasn't he? He's, uh, yeah. But yeah. So there you go. That's the um, the cast and crew. And um, now we do have. Um, and Metacritic, but before we do that, on IMDb, this has got a 7.6 out of 10 rating out of 174,000 reviews. Um, it's an hour and 42 minutes, but I think that's with all the credits and stuff. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's about 1 hour 35, I think. Yeah. 1 hour 30 odd. It's a lean film, isn't it? Yes. It's, uh, it, there's no real fat on the, the, the bones or anything like that. Um before we get to that, have you ever seen any of the sequels or any of the other 
things in the crow things in the franchise and i kind of made a point of never watching them Mm. um i was curious when when they is it crow city of angels which is the second one yeah that came out in 96 curious when it came out but and then I heard it was rubbish, and then I thought, no, I don't want to watch it because I, you know, I love the crow, and I don't want to watch a shit sequel. Um, yeah, I, it, it never, yeah, I've never bothered. Yeah, I, I have watched it, but I, I, I can't remember much about it other than it was crap. Uh, mm. It was like really crap. Um, but uh, and then you've got the crow salvation in two thousand. Um, and then you've got uh, the Crow Wicked Prayer in two thousand and five. Uh, that got e- Edward Furlong uh, in the the lead role. Um, and then you got the Crow Stairway to Heaven, which is a TV show. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Highway to Heaven, which is also a TV show. <laughs> yeah, you got Michael Landon turning up with <laughs> with um, face paint on. Um, so yeah, I've never watched any of the sequels or the TV show, but it, it's one of those things now. There are, I believe, having watched RoboCop recently, parallels to RoboCop with this movie, um, which I will explain because you're probably thinking, "What are you fucking mental?" Um, but it, well, it, someone gets killed, brought back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, it goes back. Oh, revenge, the killers, uh, yeah. you know, and, and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> has flashbacks and whatever. But um, so, but uh, yeah, I, I've it's it's one of those fil- um, film series that again much like robocop kind of perpetually gets talked about being rebooted i think jason momoa was in was being talked up at one point for, to play in the lead role but like much like robocop i think we agreed last time when we talked about it is that it's a film of its time you know yeah. and is it going to capture the same i can visualize what they'd do with a modern version and i don't like it yeah i i'm much the same. I think it'll be toned down, and but you, anyway, it'll be toned down but bigger. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no thanks. No. So, um, Metacritic. Should we whiz on over to Metacritic and have a little look yes. at yes what they've written about it? So, uh, it's got a um, Metacritic score out of fourteen reviews of seventy-one, which isn't bad. It's got an eight point six. That, that, that's up there with what we've what we've watched as far as the the actual critic scores go. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, I should point out that this is by far the youngest film that we've watched in terms yeah. of, and uh, you know, our, uh, that w- when it came out, and also uh, probably well, depends on which way you look at it, youngest or oldest. But it's it's the earliest film in terms of. No, I'm fucking that up. It's the I? latest film as, as in its release date. Yes, thank you for that. It's uh, the newest film. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, absolutely. So it's the first film in the 90s that we... And again, yeah. that reflects our point in our life because obviously when we watch BMX Bandits, we were little fucking kids. It also kids. reflects our fucking age because we're talking like, oh, it only come out yesterday. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what, over 25... Well, it's 25, 25 years old, is it? Or over uh, than that? Yeah, 25 years. Shit's Crikey. It. Yeah. <laughs> Lots happened in that time, hasn't it? So, the film has been out been out longer. Yeah, it's older than the age I was when I watched it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole decade there we're kind of ignored because we think they're modern, and the fact is they ain't. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, should, do you want to take the first one then? Uh, Ooh, yes. One of the positive ones. Yeah, I will go for I'll go for Roger Ebert, no less. Royalty amongst. Um, 
What do we call them? Critics. Critiky people. Yes. Yeah, yeah critics. That would be the one. Uh, right. Uh, he's writing for the Chicago Sun-Times, and he has said, or he did say, It is a stunning work of visual style, the best version of a comic book universe I've seen. And Brandon Lee clearly demonstrates in it that he might have become an action star had he lived. Mm. Um, I mean, the others are fairly middling, so there's no negative reviews as such. Um, I'll go with the Empire magazine because that's a big one from the UK. Uh, Adam Smith says, style over content, sure, but what style? Uh, Do you want to take one of the last ones? That was was brief. Yes. I haven't actually got one. I'll go for I'll go for Newsweek. Apparently, that's a is that a big thing? I don't know. But anyway, uh, it succeeds in bringing Obar's comic vision to life. But there's little else going on beyond the graphic razzle dazzle and the moody ominous soundtrack. Mm. Uh, I should that say one. as well that uh, James Obar uh, he did the comic books. Have you ever read any of the comic books or seen? I haven't anything? actually. No, no, no. Same here. I haven't either. <clears throat> um, uh, Brandon Lee in an interview described them as being sort of like underground type comics as opposed to mainstream you know like a Spider-Man or a Batman or whatever it's uh, it's again aimed at a certain audience I think is possibly fair to say so yeah. uh, have you so got I'm a synopsis oh god I'm just looking at one of these user reviews yes and uh, someone clearly doesn't understand the concept of numbers I mean, it was left in April the 23rd, 2021, so this fair year. Oh, God. Noob328. But they've, they've given it a three. Right. But yet their review is, Great comic book film. Very dark and very gritty. It's a shame that a great tragedy resulted from such a great film, but at least Brandon Lee leaves us the crow as his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he marked it down because Brandon Lee died making it. Um, I don't know. Very odd. I, I don't go, good God, that steak was horrible because the cow's dead. <laughs> yeah, I think, noob, you need to, to sort that one out. Can we... Uh... Unless they're being either. I don't fucking I don't understand people these days. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea either. Uh, I'm looking at his reviews. God, he's a picky bastard. Mind you, he loved uh, Godzilla versus Kong. He gave that 10. He loved it. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> So, oh, we loved Wonder Woman as well. Gave that a 10. Uh, oh, we gave Wonder Woman 1984 a 10 as well. I... 10? 10? There's very few films I'd give a 10 to. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard Wonder Oh, fuck me. He gave Aquaman 10. Now, I wouldn't... I Yeah. yeah I'm oh. thinking he may be of the... He may like DC stuff. Well, then he's saying that, he, though, he gave Justice League uh, naught. <laughs> um, but, however... Wow, God, he's he's quite political here, or he quite uh, he's he's his comment is for Aquaman. Justice for Depp, fire Amber Heard. This film was decent, but bad reviews due to Amber. Oh dear! Didn't Depp get found guilty of doing something? Yeah, I think so. Well, there you go. Uh, oh, we love bad bad boys. There, bad boys for life. He gave that a ten out of ten. Fuck me! Wow. There you go, noob. Sort it out. Yeah. Yeah, sort it out, noob. You knob. Get rid of your 10 rating for Jimmy Savile does Suffolk. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, have you got a synopsis? I do have a synopsis, and, and no less, it's from exactly the same interweb page that we're on at the moment, because, I'll be fair, the one on IMDb, it's barely a line, hmm. whereas uh, at least they've furnished us with at least 32 words. 
So the summary or synopsis is as thus. Eric Draven and his fiancée are murdered on the eve of their Halloween wedding. Exactly one year after their deaths, Eric is risen from the grave by a mysterious crow to seek out his killers and force them to answer for their crimes. There you go. Uh, I quite like that one. That's well. quite good. Hmm. Um, right. Shall we have a little listen to the trailer? Yeah. Um, there we go. Right, here it is. Here is the trailer for The Crow. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Gasoline, I smell. <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? So there you go. That was the trailer. Um, very light on exposition and words. I don't know if you watched the the link I put in. It's it's. There's a lot of music and. Um, there's not much in terms... I mean, it sets it up a little bit, you know what I mean? You've got a bit yeah. of a voiceover and you've got Brandon Lee saying a few sort of uh, threatening things. Um, it, it doesn't give the film away, which is which is a rarity these days. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, we come on mm. to one of my favourite sections of the, uh, <laughs> the show. And I'm very pleased to say to you... Hey, paper! I Good old-fashioned pen and paper. I have paper and pen. Uh, I what, didn't... what kind of pen? Oh, just a black biro. I don't know what kind you of pen it was. Goddamn hippie. I use a quill. <laughs> um, uh, well, so, let's see. How many pages of notes have you written for The Crow? Here's the thing, right? I thought I wrote loads. But it turns out I didn't. Um, I've only done seven pages. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I mean, Which means could... I must have been watching it. I yeah. Suppose. Well, it, it, I'll be honest with you. I did when I started getting into it. I was like twenty minutes into it. I was thinking, you know what? I just actually want to watch the film because <laughs> I'm just, yeah. you, you know, you, you know, when you, you, you're writing notes, you, you sometimes you're scribbling, and then you have to look down, don't you? And sometimes I pause the film. You know, oh, I pause. But... Yeah, I pause the film all the time to write notes. But I started. You know, I, at the start, I was doing it every like thirty seconds or a minute. And I was getting on my own tits. So I, I kept letting like whole scenes play out and then I'd write a few notes. And then near the end, I was just like paraphrasing entire scenes. But I thought, ah, Chris will, Chris will have more written down. <laughs> I thought, I'm, no, I actually might remember stuff. So yeah. we'll find out. Well, this film is fresh in my mind because I watched mm. it last night. So, yes. you know, it, it should still be fresh in my yeah. memory. Weirdly... Without without any kind of um, poking, we seem to have watched it almost I- at identical times. Absolutely, because we sent each other a little message, didn't we, saying, uh, <laughs> I've just finished The Crow. Um, so, but uh, yeah, now, again, what I was saying earlier on about in terms of like some of the parallels that made me think a little bit about, about Robocop is, uh, is the opening. I mean, you've got like the the name of the film. And then it starts, you know, it's, yeah. it, that's it, isn't it? There's, it's like Brandon Lee, you know, it shows him and it just says the crow and that's yeah. it. You're in a film. very tall font. 
Yes. Um, you know, there's there's no kind of fucking about or anything like that. You're just straight into the movie. Um, and you discover that it's Devil's Night. And yeah. a theme of the film in terms of visually is you get a lot of these sweeping shots of the yeah. city, don't you? You know, the yeah, rooftops. Um, Black, dark, gothic, moody. Yeah. I, from memory, I think there's only really one scene that is sort of, and you wouldn't know it's set in the daylight, except because it's kind of it's a weird colour that it's yeah. it's so most of the film, if not all of it, ninety five percent at least is is set at night, isn't it? Yeah. There's um, even <clears throat> I think there's a yeah the couple of daytime scenes that they are, are almost they set like they could just be at dusk almost, and or it's raining. So it's never, it's never bright. It's yeah. never happy. Um, do we find out what city it is? Because I, I, I couldn't remember. I think having looked at it, I'm sure it's set in um, Detroit. Uh, I'm sure it's it's set in. I mean, I, I, I had a quick look. Uh, yeah, Devil's Night in Detroit. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I missed that, and I didn't pause that bit. I just wrote Devil's Night. It's a no. fucking war zone. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh my god. I mean, fuck me. So again, you're getting like, like all these shot, the shots of the the city. It's basically like it's on fire, isn't it? You know. It is. Yeah. It's and it's not one or two fires. It's like someone's dropped a fucking nuclear bomb like a mile away, and the shock wave and the heat has caused everything to set on fire. Yes. And uh, so you know, um, and it's not just the musical soundtrack. There's the score as well, which Graham Ravel did. Is mm. there are certain moments in it, and I'll I'll come to it in my my notes because I, I wrote wrote it down. But you know, when we've talked about a film and there's been a funny scene or whatever, and you write lol, you know, because yeah. it it made you laugh out loud, and it's so it's just well, like, I, I've never I'd never write lol. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, you've written lol in a text before. Come on, but only grudgingly. Okay, so you know, but that's just like a trigger to me to remind myself. Oh, I actually laughed out loud at that scene. I wrote uh, instead of lol because there's no lolling moments in this film. Definitely not. Is uh, emotion, um, and that's. <laughs> Emotion at this point, I emoted. Uh, I did. What, what other word could you put? You know, it's it's um, so, or I could have written choke, um, possibly or cry, but I didn't actually have a full on cry. Now, you, I, you are one step away from actually drawing an emoji. I, I, I did, um, you know, you there, there are mo- no, I didn't draw an emoji. There are moments <laughs> where, and I didn't cry, but there are moments where you, you it's the, it's the, the, the score and what's going on in, in the screen, uh, on yeah. screen, does definitely, it still affected me. You know, after yeah, all of these years of watching yeah, it, it still the fuck out of me. I'll be honest. Yeah, it still affected me, particularly the opening, um, because you get, like I said, you get this sweeping. Um, scene where the camera flies into an apartment and whilst that's happening you get a voiceover of a you can tell it's a young woman uh, a young girl you know because just the tone of the voice Um, and uh, I may insert it but I'll read it out if I can't be asked but she basically you know says um, people once believed that when someone dies a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead but sometimes something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and the soul can't rest then sometimes just sometimes the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right yes. so 
that sets the tone and like i said yeah. that with the kind of like the there's like this almost like kind of driving um uh, thing to the score that kind of like it just you i'm 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 all in at this point you know and yeah. um so then the the camera you know really neatly um you know because clearly it's a model of the city yeah. it's not real um but it it swoops into the um the loft window that's the thing it would all be cg now and it would be more it would attempt to be more dramatic yeah but obviously there was a limit to how much of a miniature or whatever they could make so it's just really tight and well done yeah and the thing is i mean don't get me wrong like we've said before i think and um most people agree when when cg is good and it's when you don't notice it but there's real craft that's gone into this yeah um you know to be able to pull that off you know to mix mixing the you know the 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 models and the actual real scene with the actors and it just kind of it does feel quite seamless i didn't notice any joins put it like that but it 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 did feel really well done and then you've got albrecht and he's it's a crime scene you know and it's it's i I wrote him down as winston for for (laughs) 45 minutes because i didn't know his fucking name winston zeddemore from sidelining from ghostbusters because you know um uh, the ghostbusters are off because they've saved new york anyway um but yeah then you've got a dying woman and um lots of close-ups lots of photos um you see shelly and eric in uh photographs happy and you know they're getting married on halloween because yeah. a wedding wedding dress which is you know odd but hey, oh, yes well well in well in with the kids at the time it's like yeah, wedding on halloween that's yeah. awesome absolutely and uh you know, Devil's Night. They talk about the police talking about you know, there's 133 fires. Uh, you know, 133. I've had 143 actually. <laughs> or oh, maybe I could be wrong, but you know, and you know, there's still a few hours left, and, and they're expecting more. Um, you know, and then you've got the lieutenant sort of investigate lead investigating officer, and, and he's having a go at uh, Albrecht because they've had to make a decision to move Shelley, who's yeah. clearly in pain and, you know, but are still alive just about. Um, and then we, we, um, see, uh, we see Eric, Eric's body outside the building. Yes. Um, and, but you know, you, you, then you see the crow sort of watching everything. Um, and then um, Sarah comes along, you know, she's got a skateboard uh, yeah. and, and a, and a, and a um, oh, undershave cut thing. Oh head. yes, yeah, yeah, yes. and um, and the, the woman Shelley is asking for Eric, um, and you know Sarah's there, and and the, the cops, um, Albrecht says, you know he's fine, you know, or he he, she, he doesn't commit to an answer either way, does he? And, yeah. and then and then um, Sarah realizes that you know she's not going to be okay, and he's dead, uh, and she's crying, and um, that you know he's trying to comfort her. Uh, and like I said, he, she realizes that Shelley's going to die, and it's it's just a really sort of stark opening, isn't it? It's, you know, it's you... a stark, powerful opening. It's not gratuitous in any way, shape, or form, but it it tells you absolutely everything that you need to know in the space of what two minutes? Yeah, absolutely. And visually, 
you know, spot on, really good. Um, and then, you know, you go to a year later and um, this time you get another voiceover from Sarah and, you know, she says, uh, a building gets torched, all that's left is ashes. I used to think that was true about everything, families, friends, feelings, but now I know that sometimes... Fuck me, I'm starting to choke up a little bit. If love <laughs> proves real, two people yeah. who are meant to be together, nothing can keep them apart. And... Uh, you know, it's um, the, you're at the church again, sort of like a, a, a overhead shot of the church, um, and she's planting some um, or placing some flowers on the graves. And uh, again, so that you know, I, I got, it's so weird because I can't, even reading that because I can I can visualize it and I can hear it in my head, you know. And I got and I wrote it down there. You know, I did get emotional watching this. Yeah. And this is like the first few minutes of the film. You know, I think, fuck me, God, I'm forty five year old man. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, and um, you know, it's like I said. I think mixing that with the score and the soundtrack, it just yeah, it's yeah, really good. Uh, and then again, the crow stops <clears throat> on 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 top of one of the graves, yeah. uh, Eric's grave, and pecks Stop at it. Pecking. I mean, fuck me, it's got a strong beak, hasn't it? Yeah, because does the grave like almost break up a little bit? Yeah, it starts to peck away at the stone, and the stone's breaking. I'm thinking, that's a hardcore crow, that. Yeah. Absolutely, um, or a cheap, or a cheap headstone. It could be, yeah. Um, but then um, there's lots of kind of cuts at the moment because, like, you know, it just you're into it, aren't you? I mean, with the first yeah. few minutes, you've got dead people, you've got emotions, you've got a year later on, you've got this little girl, and well, bloody hell! And then she's going off to get, you know, she's clearly developed a bit of a relationship with this cop who's now a beat cop. Yeah. Um, you know, well, guess tells you cops got a good heart. Cops kept an eye out for her. You know, he's, he's, he's having a hot dog at a hot dog stand and, and he's procrastinating over, you know, whether mustard or tomato sauce should go on first, asking for more onions. Uh, Sarah turns up, he buys her a hot dog. So there's a relationship there. So all of that established so neatly mm. that you know what kind of character he is. And, and it, in terms of like, again, you don't know, but as, as a, I like to think I'm fairly switched on when I watch films and, 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 you know, unless you're a complete fucking moron, you notice that in the start of the film, he's wearing like plain clothes, you know, so he, yeah. he's clearly a detective. He's got some authority and he's got a beef with this uh, other officer who has a go at him. And then the next scene you see him in, which is literally what minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. He's wearing a, a uniform. So yes, you think, oh, again. he's being demoted, you know what I mean? So uh, you, you kind of get all that. And like I said, he's got a relationship with Sarah. Um, they get on quite well because she's like taking the piss out of him for liking onions because they make you fart, you know? And <laughs> so they've got, they've built that relationship with something like you'd imagine like that with him being the first person that she pretty much sees on the scene of these two people who've essentially become her parents, yeah. you know, who've looked after her. We don't know for how long, but yeah. we know that they've definitely looked after her because her mum is a, a drug addict. Yeah, although we, we don't know that really at the time. We, we know there was a, there's a, yeah, we just know so much about the characters and we, we're, what, three minutes in. Mm. We um, don't know the names of half of them. We never do know the names of half of them, but we know everything else about them. Yeah. Well, that, like you said, you, you don't even know the names of the main villain, but he doesn't necessarily, <laughs> he, I think it's actually more powerful, him not having yeah. 
a, a name, you know. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, then you, again, jumps around quite a bit here. But you see yeah. the bad guys, the four main bad guys, um, bombing and going to bomb an arcade. Yes. Now, interestingly, and I don't know if you watched the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. And again, this is the I other haven't thing. got the Blu-ray. I had to, I had to watch this on Amazon. Ah, did you? Okay, so I've got the Blu-ray of this, which I must have bought at some point um, from CEX. Yeah, which I, for- I'll be honest, I did search around to see if there was any knock, because I couldn't get it on Amazon. I think they're releasing a new uh, uh, a new print of it shortly, but it's not anywhere. I couldn't get it on HMV when I looked there. Couldn't get it on Am- um, Amazon, and uh, I was looking around CEX to see if there was any within the immediate radius that had one had one going, but I was bang out of luck. I didn't yeah. have time to get it posted in the end. Boom. Yeah, and uh, it is. I think it's one of those films that does. I think it would benefit from a um, a redo, like a four K, um, you know, yeah. version as as such. But there are a few deleted scenes on, and I'm I, I'm glad that they did get removed because they do detract a little bit away from the film, and I think they do fit. It wouldn't have felt fit the tone as such. So there's this, there's actually where when these guys are setting a bomb and destroying this arcade, um, you know. Uh, there's there's actually a woman that, that is tied to a chair and they they don't they don't torture her but they mentally torture her by basically saying oh you're going to burn to death and blah 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 and then she gets blown out of the door at the back just as eric is is stumbling through the alleyway to go back to his old apartment and yeah. he uh come he stumbles across her and sort of like she he, he died she dies in his arms none of that would have no, that, that, that just, just what you've described of it, it. I don't. I think. I think that just doesn't sit right. Yeah, definitely not. No. So um, then, uh, like I said, so that they're, they're doing all of this stuff. Then you go back to the church, and there's, you know, there's quite a bit of tension building um, because then the grave opens up, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you see a hand, and he crawls out of the grave. And you know he's then screaming in agony, and yeah. you know, uh, which is really well done. Um, you know, it, do- uh, it doesn't look like a pleasant experience. No, not at all. I mean, you know, being brought back to life, it's not like uh, you know, hooray, I'm I'm back. You know, it's like he's gone, he's dead, and he's gone through even more agony to to sort of come back. Yeah, uh, he's, he's come back, and the only the last the last thing it is on his mind is the horror of the end of his life mm. um and uh so then you you um see that again you get a crow which flies at him and he sees it and then you get a little close-up of uh the the bird on the the car that the bad guys uh t-bird mm-hmm. t-bird's the main bad guy isn't he yeah um that they're they're driving yeah they've, they've, they have their they have their saying which is fire it up yeah that's right yeah so that these got completely forgotten about that yeah, the, these guys are clearly quite tight together, but they're also yeah. very volatile, which, again, just a tad. <laughs> made me think about RoboCop because you've got the yeah. one main leader. I think he he's uh, not as switched on as Clarence Boddicker, but he's not far off it. I don't think yeah. he's got aspirations to sort of take over the city like Clarence Boddicker has. No, no. He, he, yeah, <clears throat> he's... Yeah, he's just a gang leader, but a good one. But yeah, he's got no ambitions of power. Just, and then he, just, he, he's just a dog, isn't he? He's a, he's a fucking wild dog. Yeah, with, with a group of dogs around him. Yeah, uh, and and then then um, his other crew members are sort of like the, you know, the stormtroopers, aren't they? They're the, they're the muscle. Yeah. They're the ones that get things done because 
T-Bird's quite a, a small, you know, a dude really in comparison to some of the others. He's not yeah. very muscly. He's not, you know, he's not a big guy or anything like that. He's he's clearly sort of like the boss of yeah. these three. Um, he's just a lunatic. Yeah. He is. Um, and then you see Eric um, uh, stumbling down an alleyway. And again, it's like he's, you know, he obviously he's been dead. So, you know, it's yeah. it's really well done because, you, I mean, how would you act? How would you be? You wouldn't be like, I mean, he's, he's invulnerable. He's, yeah, he's dazed and confused. He hasn't got a clue what's going on. <clears throat> yeah. But he's cold because it's pissing it down. Uh, luckily, the crow leads him to some boots. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you know, and then... Um, there's an explosion because the bomb goes off that the, the bad guys have set and the cop runs off to go and see what's going on. And then he's climbing up to his roof. Now, a lot of these scenes, um, because I remember at the time there was like a news piece on it because obviously, like I said, um, Brandon Lee died. But yeah. And they used uh, computer generated imagery of him to sort of fill in some of the blanks they used the yeah. double as well i think he stunt double you did some of the scenes you know from the back and whatever now and i remember seeing the scene that they shot digitally and then put onto another body and this is where it fits and he's one of these early scenes how was it now i back in 94 i mean you got you got jurassic park which was obviously you know a huge big budget sort yeah. of like it was a, a a showpiece wasn't it for cg it was the it was the this is what cg can do do you know what i mean because at that point yeah. cg was very very new wasn't it and um it's people you know it, it's one of those things where bad cg or even um moderately good cg can still age a film badly can't it yeah the, the, this this film's made 15 years after Jurassic Park that look utter garbage. Yes. In comparison. But then, so, you know, that had the budget, that had the money. Yeah. Whereas this didn't necessarily have a massive budget. I think after he did die and they did decide to, to sort of add in some of the CG elements, it did, you know, increase the budget dramatically. However, mm. I think it's it still looks fairly seamless in terms yeah. of... I mean, I didn't know it was one of the early scenes. There's a, there's a couple of scenes which look a bit ropey. But to be honest, I, do, I, I still don't know if it's because they had to put him in it or was it just that was the effect they were going to use anyway because they were going to use a special effect just for the practicality of a couple of the things that he does. Yeah. Um, but he, he goes into his old apartment because you would, I guess, wouldn't you? You know, if you yeah. you, you go to somewhere you remember. Um, but I have, a que- I have one question about his apartment. Yes. How is his cat still alive? <laughs> He's got, they've got a cat called Gabriel, who's this long-haired white thing. Immaculate, isn't he? Absolutely pristine. Yes. And that's been, been... We know that that's been there alone for a year, because later on Sarah's surprised that he's still alive. Yes. So he's been surviving in this old death flat for, for a year on its own eating stuff. Yeah, and there's definitely no. Uh, his fur's not matted. He's not no. mangy. He's fucking not covered in shit. Fleas, one eye, <laughs> he ribs. Looks, he looks incredible. Uh, but yes, I, I take your point. Um, but uh, yeah, so his cat's there, and um, then this is the again similarity to RoboCop. I guess this is mm-hmm. where the flashbacks, the you know the the sort of remembering what happened to him. 
And yeah. um, again, it's it's really well done because it says a lot in very few scenes, you know, how it's all put together, how it's cut together. You've got the gang breaking in, um, attacking Shelley, um, and then him coming back and getting stabbed in the chest uh, and then but watching everything and um, yeah. and then being held up in like a crucifix position and being shot to death. Yeah, and, and he, then, got to, he got to watch Shelley get gang raped, essentially. Yeah. I, see, I forgot. I mean, without being overly... Oh, there's a word there. It's not gratuitous, but I forgot how brutal it was. Yeah, it is. Just the it, concept of it. it's really nasty without showing much. It's just the the way it's shot and the idea of it is hideous. It it is, and it's also as well because you get to see a bit of um, what Shelley's experiencing yeah. through her eyes, um, where they're sort of like on the, you know they're on top of her, and uh, you know you're hearing the cries and the screams, and again there's a nastiness to them because they're enjoying it, aren't they? There's yeah. a, a, you know they're clearly enjoying themselves. Um, it's not just a job for them. Although again, going back to Clarence Bodica, T Bird seems to be sort of. He's enjoying it, but he's not like the other three, which are... I don't think he actually uh, joins in, does he, with the attack yeah, on not, Shelley? Yeah, I think... Well, maybe at the start, but I don't think he gets involved in the real nasty stuff. But No, I think he hits her, but I don't think he he's, yeah. uh, he sort of, you know, sexually assaults her, does he? Uh, yeah, I don't know this thing got to me. I mean, when she, you know, this is happening to her and she calls out Eric and Eric's on the floor stabbed it, just like, Jesus Christ. I don't know, did, like you said... Just some scenes in this film got to me like last night, and it was like Jesus Christ. Um, and but I think the way that it's done as well is because it's it, he mimics. It's like yeah. he's he's reliving every everything that happens to him. So when he gets stabbed, you know, and and when he gets shot, he he mimics that, you know, in yeah. in the, the current moment, doesn't he? You know, he he he, he poses the same way. You know, he he's lies on the floor when he gets stabbed, and and everything. You know, it it is. Oh. He goes out of the window when he's thrown out of the window. But apart from this time, he grabs onto the the window frame, for want of a better term, swings outside and swings back in again. Yeah. And you find, well, that's when he finds out because obviously there's this broken glass at the top of that and he's put his put that right through his hands and he looks at his hands and they heal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so y- y- you've learned that, you know, he's he's say invulnerable at this point you know he's he's clearly got some uh, abilities or something's changed about him and yeah. um uh and then you know he's in the apartment um and uh it's he, sort of looking back and i think this is kind of like you said you've heard all that horrible shit and everything but then he's looking back at photos and the good times and he's having flashbacks of that isn't he so it's like yeah. just before well, they died didn't that come after we we then get a scene at the bar where they're being absolute weirdos. You're absolutely right. I missed a paragraph. It's right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no. That good old fashioned drinking game. Let's catch a bullet in our mouth and swallow it with a shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And this is where you meet Darla for the first time. Yeah. Uh, As I put down, not Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you tell you what, if you look at a picture of her on IMDb now, she looks totally different. She yeah. does. But uh, yeah, so yeah, she's a barmaid and she is uh, in a relationship with uh, Funboy. Um, yeah. 
because he's a drug addict as well. And yeah, so there's some clearly some tension between the gang as well because they all pulled knives and guns on each other at yeah, one point. Yeah, because fun boy, fun boy does the bullet <clears throat> first, drinks his bullet, then. Uh, Christ, who is it? Then Tintin. Uh, then T, uh, Tintin T-Bird. does it. Yeah. T-Bird does it. Oh, no, T-Bird does it. And then he just outmatches them by stubbing his cigar out on his tongue. Yeah. that seems like a reasonable thing to do. Uh, T-Bird does it, and he takes the piss out of Skank, saying, pussies drink, drink last. And then they all pull a gun out on each other, like a Mexican standoff. Mm. There genuinely was a chance they're going to shoot each other, but that's why T-Bird's the leader. Because he just starts saying, fire it up, and they will join in. So he's he's like, it's weird. He's like the fuse that sets off all their violence half the time, but he's the only one who can defuse the situation at the same time. That's why he's in. That's why he's the leader. That's why he's in control. Yes, and also, I suppose, if you're very... Uh, I, I wouldn't have picked this up from it, but I'm, I suppose if, you, if you're very um, on the ball in terms of where the setting is because he calls them Motor City motherfuckers well Detroit's the uh, Motor yeah. City isn't yeah, he yeah. so yeah. Yeah, there you go um, but yeah so then like I said we go back to the apartment and I think most of if not all of the scenes involving um, Brandon Lee are really well done and yeah. there's something about him in this role that's really eye-catching and magnetic and you just you're just drawn to him and, and everything he says and everything does you can't I, I you know you can't take your eyes off him um you know and because again you not you don't see his face a great deal at the start no. do you you just see shadows and outlines and and again so he's he's looking at these photos he's remembering the good times because anything all, he anything he touches yeah. gone because like all these flashbacks should be just cheesy as fuck yeah. But they're not. No. You get like, what, six or seven shots, you know, there are, <clears throat> she's, you know, there's a spring bride magazine, they're having a pillow fight, they're squirting cream on each other. She burns some food and he laughs and say, take away, ha 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 You know, then they get a bit, they get a bit, you know, bit, bit squidgy with each other, but nothing gratuitous. It should be cheesy as fuck, but it, I, mm, yeah, there's something. Whatever it is, whatever it is about the the way it's shot or the charisma of Brandon Lee in the thing, it just works, and it comes off as a completely believable thing. It they they feel like a real couple, don't they? Yeah. That they're just utterly in love with each other. You know that they the sort of um, I mean, like you know, now <laughs> thinking about my own relationship, if if a fire went off in the kitchen, you'd be fucking shouting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, <laughs> but it, it, you know they, they they do give off this this air of they just are a couple in love with it. And like you said, yeah. it, it kind of ends with them, you know, making love and um and that's what then and I think because there's a, there's always a tinge of sadness with everything in the film, you know, particularly yeah. when he's having flashbacks about what their life was and what it could have been. And but then it boils over into anger um, because then he punches the glass that he's he's sitting at like a makeup table, isn't he? Yeah, and he's got the he's got like the mask, hasn't he? There, what, I don't know what it is. It's not a mime. It's like a thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with sort of like the the uh, you know the lip uh, the the black where the lips are and the the, the eyes and the, the eyeshadow. It's like you said because he even puts it on, doesn't he? At one point, you know, and he's, yeah. he's messed. Like you said, it it, could, it should be utterly cheesy and like, but. It's really well done. Um, 
and then you know you've got um, the cure come on And it gave me oh. goosebumps last night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, the, and the, I listened to this song. I would, I'm not joking, I'd listen to this song, you know, it, back then. And because it's an epic song, I mean, it's like seven, oh. six or seven minutes long, isn't it? And, yeah. and I, uh, they, they played it at Glastonbury a couple of years ago. And then um, Robert Smith's now a great big waddling, like 55 year old. They put, they did this song on, on that. That was all I was waiting for to, when I was watching it on telly, was seeing if they played this. And they played it, fucking faultless. And it just, ugh, yeah. All yeah. the hairs on the back of my neck stood up again. It was just like, brilliant. It, it, it really is. It really is. I just listen to it in the dark, you know, and, and I'd, I'd listen to it. And, and it, even now, like you said, it gets your blood pumping and it just gets you... There's something about it, like, particularly the, like, the last verse and chorus and everything, it just, mm. like, when he shouts, you know, you know, every night I burn, you know, and you kind of like, shit me. But mixing that with the visuals of him getting all done up and made up and everything else and, um, and then... Absolutely spot on, because you really, you know... You're watching it, it's going, fucking get in! Get those fucking cunts, come on. <laughs> get in there! Get in there, son. And particularly, like, yeah, particularly when he stands up and he's done up and he's walking slowly to the, the, the window that where yeah. he was thrown out of. And then there's like lightning that, that sort of strikes and you see his face as it's like properly now, but it's only like a very brief moment though. Um, I was, wow! I completely forgotten all about this. Not completely, but it just reminded of how good it actually is. You know, yeah. um, it's a perfect. I'm going to use the word and uh, synergy of when the music in a film perfectly suits the scene. Yeah. You know, you get that. You get those moments, like you said, and they will raise the hairs on the back of your your neck and just just uh, fit perfectly well. Amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And then you get to see uh, Tintin, who's now on his own, and he's in a pawnbroker's uh, Gideon. Not Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just trying to pawn a load of stolen goods and shit, isn't he? You know, he's, yeah. um, he's a bit of a you know he's a loser, isn't he? Even though he's part of this gang, he's still a bit of a loser. Yeah, uh, he's a, they're not making any money out of their various. Esc- I mean, so all these places they're blowing up, right? They're not thinking. I tell you what, we'll empty the cash register or the safe while we're here. Might be an idea, because, you know, an arcade in the 90s would have made some tidy little coin. Could have emptied that, but no, he's got to pawn everything off all the time. Mm. Um, and uh, Gideon's a shitbag, isn't he? I mean, he's a, <laughs> yeah, he's a, a weird... scumbag. <laughs> a, he just swears at everyone. He's, yeah. he's vile. He's, he's, he's just a horrible, angry little fucking turd of a human being. Yeah, he's, he's awful. Um, uh, and this was weird. Because as he's um, kind of insulting Tintin and he's walking out of the room, uh, Tintin does this little speech, you know, he he, um, he calls him a child molester. Yeah. Uh, which, and I've, that's always made me think, is he? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Or is it just like, that's a really horrible insult to call somebody. Um, is child molesting? Is it Safarite or Saparite? I, I didn't know which word it was. Yeah, Zachariah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, and then he, so he walks out of the shop, and then the the crow is watching everything. The crow is is it's like he's the guide, isn't he? He's the yeah. eyes for Brandon Lee, and he takes We've come him full circle. It's essentially Beastmaster. <laughs> oh God, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so you know, and again, you get another awesome song which starts from Nine Inch Nails this time yep. um, and and this is kind of set now with Eric and he's running along the rooftops yep. um, and he's he's stalking well you say he's stalking he's he's running to where the crow is and where it's a, it's a fucking awesome scene it, again it, it, yeah. the two two musical scenes in a row that have been absolute belters you know perfect you love this 
this whole scene when, when, I, when I went back into there. Absolutely loved it. And you look at it now, and it's you know it's very small in scale. You know, it runs across a couple of rooftops, swings on a doodah. Happy days. This is one of those scenes where now that I've been running at four times the speed, mm. and it'd be leaping like you know 400 foot in one go, and it would be well overdone. Whereas this, the restrictions that this had, you know, we've got to run it, you know across the models or small sets where you actually see him running and whatnot. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasty. very striking visually um, and set to the music um, and again he's seen through the, the eyes of the crow and then it, again he sort of like he stops at a rooftop uh, the edge of a rooftop and then he just kind of dives off doesn't he you know and yeah. that's where uh, Assassin's Creed got it from yes yeah um, but he's and he's, he's laughing you know so as soon as he again there's definitely this whole section is just amazing you know because mm. Tintin hears this laughter uh in you know from the alleyway and then he sees um Eric approaching him and he, he's, he's just trying to laugh it off at first you know and 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 everything but then pulls his knife out and then they start having a, a scrap and um there's a little bit of a fight and you know he punches Eric a few times kicks him but he's he's not really having any effect on him at all is it i mean no. there's even a point where he punches him in the face and sort of eric does this weird sort of thing where he he sort of almost like smiles and looks back yeah, at him like sort of, sort of like a wobble head like a bobble head he kind of yeah obviously his head goes sideways being punched yeah that weird manic grin he's got on his face when he spins back when he turns his head back around again yeah like it it don't he don't give a shit at this no point in time. and he's he's, he's he's reveling in the fact that he can run he could jump off roofs and you know, he finds that fucking hilarious because he's laughing because he, he's figured out that he, he can't, can't, he can't be, hurt. be hurt. He's yeah. being punched and he's loving it because I suppose at that point, at this you know this is like the first proper test. I want to get these fuckers. And now someone's trying to beat the shit out of him. And it, it doesn't matter because, yeah, it will get knocked down, you know, because he hits him with a pipe several times. And he might struggle to get up, but he will get up and he, he- will get them. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do to him. Uh, he can't. He, he, they can't hurt him. Which, no. and again, you'd think uh, maybe I'm looking into this too much now. But you know, if he's if he's been dead for some time, and you know, he was he was in a band. We should say as well in his previous. Yeah. You know, when he was alive, he was in a band called what was it? Hangman's Tool was it? Uh, I think that that was it. I've got it written down further down to line. And uh, so, but so he wasn't an action hero or a soldier or whatever he was a he was a guitarist or yeah. a singer in a band you know what i mean so 
and and maybe because he's been dead for 12 months and now actually being hurt kind of makes him feel alive at the same time like yeah. he, you know that's kind of why he's like enjoying being hurt because he's actually alive as well you know it's, it's yeah. and uh, but um yeah, so there's, not, there's not loads of real flash martial arts in this because, like we said, he's a guitarist. Yeah. So, yeah, he throws him around a bit. He does a couple of things that are, are a bit more advanced, but he's he's not he's not jumping around like like Jackie Chan or anything like that. He's not doing double roundhouse kicks and flips and all this or whatever. Which again, I, I reckon in a in a remake, he'd suddenly be a black belt in everything. Yeah, he, he's not doing the stuff like he, you'd seen him doing rapid fire or, you no. know, the, you, the stuff that he was capable of doing, put it yeah. like that, you know what I mean? It's a bit more dirty and a bit more gritty. Yeah. Um, and uh, like you said, he's just chucking stuff, ch- chucking people around and, and whatever. And um, and, and yeah, so he, he, he tries to drown uh, or he, uh, Tintin uh, and then he chucks him against the wall and they have this conversation, like, you know, and he, it's really, like, powerful how... Mm. Um, how he he confronts him you know he, like he says i want want you to i want you to tell me a story and then you know about a, a man and a woman and he, he, then he's having flashbacks because the thing with him as well is, is like anything he touches that has connections to when he died or, he, or whatever he has these flashbacks to it and yeah you, you think that tintin would have some kind of um you know remorse potentially but he doesn't he's not at all he's a bastard like he, he uses it to taunt um to, to taunt him uh which gives him the edge because it distracts him slightly uh, but you can you can feel the anger like yeah. it, it's palpable isn't it like the the sort of the, the the uh the anger it's it's it doesn't feel like acting it, it, no. it, you know it feels like he really wants to kill this dude you know what i mean and um uh, so yeah, and then so then it gives him the edge, like you said. He smacks him with a pipe. He's he's knocked down a little bit, and then he's sort of like you know he's a bit more cocky now, uh, and he gets his knives out, you know, which is obviously his special move. <laughs> I wanted to meet two friends of mine. They never miss. Yes, first one, boing, boing, <laughs> um, and then he knocks the other one out of the way, and then he catches the other one because obviously his reactions and everything's heightened now, and then he throws it back, stabs him in the uh, shoulder. Um, and then it's the, the the line in it, you know, it's like victims, aren't we all? Now there's some, I think I, I'd forgotten completely about it and I wouldn't have noticed it perhaps as much as I did net, um, back then when I watched it. But there's some really good lines delivered by a lot of the different actors in this film. Yeah. Um, really quite memorable in a lot of ways. And um, again, in a deleted scene, there's actually, he doesn't just, because he cuts away as he, as he stabs him so you don't see it, but he stabs him about half a dozen times yeah. in in the so, and I think it's more effective kind of not seeing it. Yeah, that's, I mean it, that's that's the thing. The whole film really doesn't revel in showing you loads of violence, and you, you know there are films which you which you which you'd see that happening. You go, well, that's stupid. Why haven't they shown it? But this gets its impact from the emotions of the film and you know just the performances of some of the actors rather than right. We know he's going to kill him, but we don't need to see him stick six knives in him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you see it afterwards, but yeah. you don't see he, the act of, of him doing it. And uh, and then, again, you, the, the rest of the gang now are oblivious to all of this. They're at a concert, um, which is uh, top 
Dollars Club, isn't it? Yeah. It's he owns a club and he he puts on gigs and stuff for people. Yes. Um, and Apparently, it's, also this welding going on for some reason at the same time. <laughs> You see, t- uh, Tony Todd's there. He's now he's the. I wouldn't even call him second in command, but he's like clearly above these other guys. He's. Well, see, uh, I, I had him down as number two black man. Yes, because I thought he was like the the sergeant at first of of whatever organisation that is. I think he's superseded by someone we're going to meet, but he's like the head. He's the he's the head um, henchman, I suppose, isn't he? Like yeah. his own personal henchman bodyguard. Bodyguard. That's T-Bird, it. T Bird. They're more like just twats for hire as much yes. as anything. Nobody gets past to see uh, Top Dollar and uh, you, you have to get past um, Tony Todd's character before you get to see him. Um, and again, Tony Todd, this is a fairly early role for him, but he's quite an imposing character, I think, you know, yeah. and obviously you've seen him go on to do other things like Final Destination and um, Candyman and whatever. Um, I really like Tony Todd, but yeah. Uh, and then you, this is where you're introduced to Michael Wincott. And again, there's like, it's a, a strange scene because you see this woman who's showering, you know, you see a, a massive tattoo on her back and um, she's not afraid, afraid of showing her ass off or anything. There's another body, another female body on the bed, yeah. which Wincott is next to. Well, T- yeah, uh, T- T-Bird was told he was in a meeting and apparently, well, his meeting is just having sex with two ladies. Yes, um and um you know he's kind of it, he's very ambiguous you don't know a lot about him do you no. he's, he's sort of like he says a lot of things that kind of make you think about him and what his background is but you don't know anything about him at all like no, he mentions his dad know, a lot doesn't he yeah what does he actually do how did he get where he was what is it that yeah it, it's very odd that it, there's, there's no backstory really it's not entirely clear like where does his money come from i'm not entirely clear on that either really where he makes it but he's just there he's just there as a gangland crime boss of sorts yeah. fine he's he, but he's very imposing and i think it's the mm. voice it's yeah. it's the look it's the hair oh, you know he's got amazing hair, hair. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it reminds me of um stacy keach from bloody body bags the, you know the wig <laughs> <laughs> it's some incredible hair it yeah, really is it? um and um and then like i said he's on the bed he gets approached by his girlfriend um and again he's holding a, a snow globe up he's reflecting on the past um is he crying he's at this point he's crying yeah. yeah yeah which is strange again you don't know why or what's happened in his no. but again you don't, it, 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 for me anyway it kind of it, it adds that air of um uh, it's mystery hinged and mysterious and weird and what the fuck yeah, and it she's even out, fucking worse. She's fucking weirder, yeah. Because it turns <laughs> out girl number two is dead. Yes. Um, which he says, oh, I think we broke her. Yes. And then, obviously, the, the the next thing, I mean, I completely forgot about all of this. And the obvious thing to do with that is that the, the uh, Asian girl just thinks, oh, she's got such pretty eyes, and then proceeds to, you know, she's going to cut them out of her head. Yes. At this point, um, I was like, huh? All right, I forgot about all of this. It, it, very much so, and um, and then again, you sort of cut to Sarah. She's skateboarding, uh, goes to the bar, the gangrin earlier on. Um, her mom is there. She's the barmaid, and um, she is is basically like 
left to live on the street, isn't she? Yeah. She, she's got nobody to care for her. The, the, the only person that cares for her now, Shelley and Eric have gone, is the cop. And he yeah. can't care for her all the time. So he just buys her an occasional hot dog or, you know, looks out for her. Um, See, so she, she is on her own, really. But she's quite streetwise with it, isn't she? Yeah. She's... Um, yeah, but, yeah, but she does such a good job of being obviously streetwise, but also incredibly lonely. Yes. Um, that comes across straight away. Um, and uh, um, she, uh, the, the mom's there with um, Fun, Fun Boy. Boy. Yes. And, and, you know, they're sort of like getting it on or whatever. Uh, and then you, you get a close-up of the pawn shop and Gideon's there and he's he's counting his money. And then um, you see the outline of, uh, of Eric outside and, you know, he knocks on the door and then he smashes it in with his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to rewind that because I was like, did he punch that? I'll know, I'll know his head. Yeah. Uh, the crow flies in and he quotes Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. you know, uh, which is awesome. Is it the raven? Yes. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then he basically proceeds to beat the shit out of Gideon, doesn't yeah. he? Um, He's looking, looking for an engagement ring. Yeah. Um, and it would have been pawned, like he said, about a year ago. And he said that uh, it was Tintin confided in him before he took his last breath. Um, and then you go to the crime scene where you see that Tintin's actually dead and he's yes. got a crow. There's a crow been painted in blood on the wall uh, <laughs> and he's got all these knives stuck in him. And, yes. and, that's, you've, and that's the thing, isn't it? You see that then, but you didn't need to see it before, you know. So yeah. you're kind of you're left to fill in the blanks a little bit. Um, yeah, we, we get a little bit more that um, all backs gives a little bit of sass to the detective acne face. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Because... Um, the, what you pick up from this is that Albrecht knows the gang members. He knows yeah. the streets. He's clearly more clued up than the lieutenant or the the, the you know the guy in charge. Yeah, is it but, Torres? Torres, yeah, yeah. But he and I think he, Torres resents him for this because you know he wants to be the one that solves all the crimes and gets well, all the credit. Like he's, he's like he blames. Is it all backed or all bracked? All all bracked. I've got it. All bracked. All bracked. It's like Torres blames Albrecht for every murder that happens in his district. Yeah. One beat cop apparently is responsible for everyone. Poor bastard. Yeah. Uh, he's just he just likes riding him, doesn't he? He's just, yeah. just an arsehole. Um, and then, you know, back to the pawn shop. Eric's smashing the shit out of it, and um, because Gideon's. A, a total sleaze, scummy fucker, yeah. and you know um, he gets his hand stabbed because uh, yeah, he goes to grab. He's, well, he's that, still given a lot of mouth for somebody who's got a knife through his hand. Yeah, and we I didn't mention, but he actually does shoot Eric, doesn't he? As he comes yeah. through the door, he man, he pulls a gun on him, shoots him, and again, uh, Eric does this maniacal look where, and he's even got like a bit of spit or something like drool that drips yeah. off his there's, his there's lip. Dribble. Um, and, and you know he kind of smiles at him as after after he shoots him and he's like like it's the kind of like the fuck me moment you know it's like yeah. he goes he goes shit on me shit on me. you know uh, <laughs> yeah true true <laughs> um, and that, so yeah he's smashing the the place up he finds the engagement rings and he finds the engagement ring that he gave to Shelley with his eyes closed and and again flashbacks um, of him giving it to her for the first time. Which he does by putting it in a loft, and then he leads her up to the loft. There's loads of fucking candles in the loft. You think yeah, that that's not risky. safe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 
Um, but then he picks up the shotgun and he puts all the rings in the barrel. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's just the way he says it and he delivers the lines. You know, it's like each one of these is a life um, that, you know, you've helped to ruin and destroy. He's not a very good pawn shop, to be honest, is it? If it's still got a ring after a year. Well, true. It's just like he's kept them in the box, hasn't he? There's yeah. like a, a load of them. But it's like um, he doesn't sell anything. He just buys stuff. He's just a hoarder. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he, he uh, Eric tells him that death, death's coming and he pours um, petrol all over the place as well, doesn't he? And yeah. Um, and, and as he leaves, uh, he, you know, uh, is that gasoline I smell? And, you know, he, he points the shotgun at the... He's standing in the doorway, isn't he? You know, he's yeah. not He's not like he's moved far away from it and Gideon runs out the back and d- dives out the back. Um, you know, he gets a little bit burnt, but he survives. <laughs> yeah, his legs are very much on fire. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, Eric picks a guitar... Ah, yes, yes. Um, And then, again, visually really well done because you see as he fires the shotgun into the shop to set it on fire, you see the rings shoot out, which is is very cool. Um, And then... um, he takes a proper blast in the face, doesn't he? He does, Again, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, surely his makeup would come off, but never mind. Yeah. Um, and um, then, um, you know, so he's blown out the back door um, and you're at the, the, the bar and Sarah's watching her mom and fun boy and, you know. Uh, and then um, Albrecht turns up because he obviously sees the explosion uh, and he stops Eric. And again, a really cool conversation between the two of them. Um, you know, because he doesn't he say something like, you know, stop or I'll shoot or don't move or you're dead. Yeah. And he says, well, I move and I am dead. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, say I'm dead and I move. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't remember him because why would you? You know, you'd think, yeah. well, he, he's dead. Um, and also he's got the makeup on, so you wouldn't necessarily yeah. recognize him. The, I'm, I doubt they're the only people to die in, on, especially on Devil's Night, with 143 fires last year. They're yeah. Probably not the only casualties. Yeah, it's particularly nasty, but I mean, you know, that place is a fucking dump. So there's probably he's probably seen a lot of shit in the last year. Yes. Um, and also, you know, so he doesn't remember Eric, but he remembers the incident, clearly, because he investigated it, even though mm. he was told not to. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't That's know. It. It's like, why, why was he told to back off? You know, he's, um, but still. Um, or maybe, you don't know, maybe I'm making this up as I go along, but potentially... It ties uh, is crooked? Yes. You know, yeah. uh, he's on the take, so that's why he's kind of busting down the, the, the cop that who he's looking into all the uh, fires and murders and whatever. Um but he asks if you remember Shelley Webster, and again, there's recognition there. Uh, and he says something like, you know, oh, Tintin shouldn't have played with knives. Um, and then he disappears. He does that disappearing thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Which Batman does, you know. Because Albrecht gets distracted by um, looters, doesn't he, in the background? Yes. Um, and then, um, you know, back to Wincott, and um, he's burning eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> of course. We're cooking an eyeball now and breathing in the you know, delicious fumes and then finishing it off with a nice little gums worth of Coke. A, a very bizarre, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's just like MasterChef. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't do that on the Bake Off, do they? Um, That's what but, I thought, I thought, is she a fucking witch? 
Yeah. She, there's definitely something about her, isn't there, that she she's into the supernatural. Yeah. Uh, because later on, she sort of figures out that she she wants that power that Eric's got, you yeah. know, for herself. Um, and uh, yeah, so Tony Todd's in there, and uh, he comes in with T Bird, uh, and explains about Gideon's being set on fire, yeah. um, and you know, which you you establishes that Gideon's belongs to top dollar yeah um because like he didn't order it to be set on fire or or burnt or whatever so he's starting to look into it get suspicious um and yeah he's having a right old toot of some coke isn't he (laughs) because t-bird tells him that uh, tintin's dead someone put knives in uh, every organ in his body in alphabetical order which, yes. Which always amused me. But then I just love it when he just goes, ah, let's have a moment of introspect for poor old Tintin snort. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. Because <laughs> yeah. um, of the so, voice, because of his delivery, it was just amazing. It is. I mean, it, that's the thing, see, it's really, it's really dry, isn't it? It's like oh. there's a really wicked sense of humour with this film as well. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's... I wouldn't necessarily say there's any funny moments as such, but there's certainly a, a very dark, wicked sense of humour going on. Uh, but particularly, I think the way that Wincott delivers some of his lines, you know, um, clearly had some fun with the role. And um, yeah, again, a sort of another overhead shot of the crow um, and Sarah's about to get run over um, and, and then Eric manages to save her. But again, he has a flashback and he hides himself from her. Yeah. Um, and... Well, these flashbacks are so well used. It just gives, you know, just like, what, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever. Just yeah. gives you, you know, just shows you quickly how close Sarah was to Eric and Shelley. Yes. Just that, to, that, just to it, add it, that to it, you know. Yeah, it it, it, it totally fills in the blanks of yeah. all of their relationship, doesn't it? And, and how she was happy with them and with them being around. And now she's just on her own. Um and you know, at, at risk, isn't she? I mean, she's she's clearly at a lot of at risk. <laughs> Very much. So. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, th- th- there's a trigger point for her because he, um, about the skateboarding. There's a comment made there, and you know, it's it's more like surfing than it is skating because of the yeah. rain. And uh, you know, he turns around and says, you know, it can't rain all the time. And he and she then like turns around and goes, Eric, you know, and he's yeah. gone. And he's gone again. Um, and so then go to the police station and Albrecht is, uh, he wants the file on Eric and Shelley finds out, you know, uh, you find out a bit more why they died, you know, what, what, uh, started it all. And it's because they lived in a block of, uh, a property that was, they were due to be evicted. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a tenant dispute, wasn't it? Um, which again, if, I suppose if you look into it, why didn't they just set fire to the fucking building? They clearly don't care. Yeah. Uh, um, but still, so they they go through this whole process of, you know, taking them to court to evict them. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't imagine top dollar going to court and you know getting representation. Um, but so yeah, they and so um, Shelley get this got this whether it was naivety or what, or actually a good person trying to stand up to somebody who's clearly very, very bad. Um, but that's what got them killed is because they set up, got a petition together to, to try and get the other residents together to fight the eviction orders, um, which then resulted in them getting murdered. Yeah. Well, because let's be honest in the, in the, in the, you know, the year since then they have done nothing with that building. 
Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, that flat is apparently still a crime scene because it's still got, it's still had all the cry, uh, police do not cross tape across the door. Mm. So they were that desperate to evict everyone and get rid of everyone, yet they've done nothing with the building. Yeah, it's not as if they're transforming it into plush apartments no. for, for people to, well, to go and live. You could argue that was already quite a plush apartment. Fucking great loft space like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, um, so, and, and he's now trying, to, he, he, again, there's something going on in his mind because he, he draws, um, like, the, the face paint on the picture of, yeah. of Eric and his, you know, uh, from his band picture. Um, and then, again, there's a, another music um, interlude. Oh, and by the way, completely forgot to mention this, but when you're introduced to the, the gang from the, uh, the start, there's mm-hmm. um, Stone Temple Pilots, um, yes. Big Empty yes. Plane, which I love that song. Um, yeah, and uh, but yeah, and so anyway, then um, oh man, I, and I did see them live once. Um, did you? Uh, and and yeah, and they were very good. But still, um, Scott Scott Willins no longer with us, uh, no. is he? Uh, so um, but yeah, and then um, Fun Boy and Darla are shooting up, um, and uh, Eric's then perched on the balcony. Um, and then the crow goes into the room and Eric sees, you know, through the eyes of, of the crow and everything. And then, uh, you know, fun boys doing this thing, isn't he? Like they're, they're both getting high and yeah. you go, yeah, birdie, birdie and all, you know. And then um, again, Eric comes in and he, you know, he goes, yeah, fun boy. And, and he's just, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's really taunting he's him. Sinister, isn't he? isn't it? He's really yeah. sinister. Um, and he's got his guitar with him and he sort of scares the shit out of him. And, <laughs> and again, it's like he to demonstrate that he lets them hurt him, you know? Yeah. So, cause he, he gets it that he, fun boy points a, a gun at him and he puts the, his hand over the barrel. It's like, Oh, you've got me shoot, whatever. And, and he does. And, um, you know, he pretends that he's actually hurt, doesn't he? Yeah. And then but turns, when he turns that into a laugh, doesn't he? And then turns around and his hand mends itself. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and you know, uh, and then, um, he shoot. He, he, Fun boy got shot in the leg, um, and you know it's. Um, he passes out, and then he drags uh, the body into the bath, puts a shower on it, to try yeah, and wake him up a little bit. Darla ran into the bathroom as well, didn't he? So, he, you know, I couldn't remember what he was going to do to him, but you know, he drags Fun boy in there. Darla sat in the corner, and uh, Eric turns around to Darla, and Darla trying to attack him with a razor, mm. and. Um, does he get any flashbacks when he touches her, or I don't think he does, does he? But he gets—he definitely gets flashbacks when he he touches um, Fun Boy. Yeah, uh, of him raping Shelley. Yeah, he seemed to be the most disgusting when it came yeah. to that particular thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, and he he makes Darla look at herself in the mirror, and uh, I can't remember what he quotes her now. Yeah, I, I um uh looked at that earlier on and it's um here we go mother is the name uh, for god on the lips and hearts of all children um and you know that is a par- it's a quote i can't remember from who exactly but i read it earlier on on imdb but there's there's a definitely a quote from milton which yeah. um uh t-bird quotes uh, as he's about to die and this yeah. is another quote from another you know poet or or somebody uh i, I should know sorry um but yeah 
It's just, you know, yeah. it, it, and he says, like, morphine's bad for you. You've got a daughter out there on yeah. the streets. He makes, you know. the, yeah, he makes the drugs come back out of her armholes. Yes. Probably um, a better technical term than armholes. I apologise for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. And and so, you know, she, uh, like, she, whether she's clean at this point or she just has a moment of clarity, but she runs out of the apartment. It's, it's, like, a, it's like an epiphany brought round by terror. Yes. Um, and, you know, he lets her go. She runs out. And then, um, again, he sort of, um, he, he gets a needle, doesn't he? And he st- Eric does, and he starts looking at it. And, uh, you know, you think, oh, he's going to do something with these needles. Um, and then Gideon's in the bar, which then Darla runs out, and Tony Todd's in there questioning Gideon about, well, you know, uh, Top Dollar wants to speak to you. Um, and, and again, there's a little bit of a back and forth between them because, you know, he says, oh, you shouldn't play with matches uh, and, and whatever. Uh, but even then, I mean, like, Tony Todd looks like a big dude compared yeah. to... Gideon and he gives uh, he gives him a load of shit doesn't he yeah. <laughs> tells him to fuck off um, and then um, so because Darla's run out of the bar and, and then Tony Todd runs upstairs to see what's going on um, and y- you see um, you don't again you don't see it but no. you sort of see him ha- hanging over fun boy with these needles and then the next thing you see is uh, he, he sort of like goes shh and as he disappears out of the the window. Yeah. Um, Funboy's got, what, like eight or nine needles sticking out of where, you know, his heart, I suppose, I think it's supposed to be, isn't it, where his heart is? And he's yeah. kind of gurgling. Yes, he's made him overdose, hasn't he? And then yeah. he's got a, a crow painted on his chest in blood. Um, and, and then, he, so, now you're in the, the cop's apartment, um, and then um, <laughs> Eric just my, appears. My, my first thing was, He's in his pants, but he's still got his hat on. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And then Eric opens up to him. Um, they have his conversation. Um, and the, the, the cop now fills in the blanks and tells him what's happened to him and, and what, you know, yeah. uh, when he died, how he died. Um, and because now Eric realises that he's got this ability to be able to see through people's eyes what they yeah. saw, uh, a really powerful moment where he, he touches, um, he puts his hands on him, doesn't he? Yeah. Like a, Almost like, like a, he's... Like a Vulcan mind meld. Yeah, like he's exercising him, you know, like a demon from him almost. Yeah. Um, and he, he he sees how Shelley was in the hospital for 30 hours and how she died. And it was, you know, pretty horrible, yeah. awful. Um, again, you saw that you know, Albrecht was there the whole time as well, though. Yeah, um, very believable. Again, his performance, you know, because he um, he won't let him touch him after that point. Because he again, whether it's because he's just seen as these horrible things, it's affected really badly, or or what he can't he can't kind of deal with all the the um, what's just he's just witnessed. Cause, or, or is it? it because later in the film, he kind of does the reverse. So is, yeah. it, is it that he's taking all this pain, but he can't touch anyone? Well, no, actually, no, because he does touch someone. Balls. He, yeah, he, he does. He, that's, well, I, I, I was going down that route, and then I stop, that's why I stopped myself. But yeah, um, or maybe, I don't know, he he, he, he doesn't realise that. He, maybe he does think that if he does touch him, he's gonna something bad's going to happen. I don't know, but and anyway, um, yeah, again, you realise that Albrecht is possibly the only good cop in the city yeah. you know and the only he, one that cares he does ask him doesn't he? he does ask him why didn't why didn't you do anything 
and you know, Albrecht tells me, well, what could he do at the end of the day? And it, it's, it's, yeah, it's like Eric realizes then it's like, yeah, you don't, yeah, there's nothing. The only person who can do anything about this now is me. I can't blame anyone else. It's not his fault. He did exactly what he could. You know, the, but, you know it's just we were unlucky. Essentially, mm. <laughs> we were just in a shit situation. Um, and and, and uh, what, one of the lines that always stuck with me, and I, again, I haven't heard it for a long time now, is where Eric, you know, because he, he asks about his ex, um, um, Albrecht's ex-wife, yeah. and Ooh, I know you the know, line, yeah. Yeah. You know, he says that, you know, Shelley always used to sort of, um, I always just think that the things that Shelley did were quite kind of trivial. Yeah. But then, he, you know, he says nothing's trivial because, again, in the interview uh, with Brandon Lee, he even sort of makes a point of saying that, you know, for him, for the character, it's been brought sharply into focus how you think that these moments are just limitless you know but when you actually boil it down how many times are you going to actually experience certain things in your life yeah and you know and so what he's saying is that you shouldn't take anything for granted because one minute it can it's there and it all feels limitless and it all feels like you know you've got your whole life ahead of you and then all of a sudden you know through a, a freak situation or something it's just gone and so that's why you, you that's one of the things that I love about the film is as much as it's tinged with sadness and loss and it you know it, it explores those there's also an element of hope to it that you shouldn't take life for granted yeah you know which I like about it um and uh yeah so then you know um there's this whole little this scene between them you know because Albrecht smokes a lot, doesn't he? He's a he bit does, of a chain smoker. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so Brandon Lee has a cigarette and, um, or sorry, Eric does. And, and you know, he shouldn't smoke and whatever. Uh, and then he does, he vanishes into thin air again. Yeah. Um, and, but, or he said, or actually he are says, you, are you, are you going to vanish into thin air? Yeah, I think I'll use the front door. Yes, which is nice. It's a it, nice. It's almost like a, it's almost like a little, I trust you enough now that I don't have to disappear. I can just leave. Yeah, it it it's uh, there's a there's uh, he's like the only real person he could talk to, isn't yeah. he? You know, at this point, um, so that's why he feels comfortable in sort of like sharing that little joke, and it's a moment of levity because it's been pretty full on in terms of intense with what you've been seeing and what's going on, um, you know, and and so this is kind of like a nice little it's like little the first proper conversation he's had since he came back from the dead yeah that wasn't just fueled by anger yeah you know he, he, he got to understand like you said more of the situation that happened once he was gone and yeah it's like a, the first proper human human conversation he's had in a year hmm. yeah. and again another moment i didn't write it down but it's making me think about it now is like you know he says i'm sorry about what happened to you and shelly and you know he says something like me too, doesn't he? You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, um, and then we're, we're back into uh, top dollars office with Gideon yep. um, <laughs> explaining sort of what happened. And, and Gideon is, uh, he's just giving like top dollar a load of shit, isn't he? Really? He's a bit scared, <laughs> but then at the same time, he can't help himself <laughs> because yeah. he's a, he's an arsehole. I mean, he does uh, get put in his place a little bit when he gets an eyeball thrown at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More eyeballs. eyeball malarkey fun. There's, there's something between these two, between the Top Dollar and his girlfriend, that, about eyes, isn't there? Yeah. It's like the eyes are the windows to the soul and all that kind of stuff. There's well, something about, like, that's why he plucks them out, you know? Yeah. He's just, 
It's when we find out that she's his sister as well. Yeah, what the fuck? That's I, all about. That's so he's what he's shagging his his stepsister or oh yeah. What? I'm assuming it's step or half or something, but he, yeah. yes. Because he even says that, you know, don't you see the resemblance? He, again, is that a joke or is he I serious? D- I'm not entirely sure. I, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me either way, to be honest. No, no. Um, because he even says, I'm not twisted like you two fucks. Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've had an eyeball line. thrown at you. He's just getting <laughs> a sword out of the cupboard. You're calling him a twisted fuck. It's really not a good idea, Gideon. Really not a good idea. No. Um, and then... Um, you think it's all okay. He's just doing it to threaten him a little bit. But then he does actually stab him in the, the neck. Yeah. Uh, with his sword. And then shoots <laughs> just him a couple of times. fucking die already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Bang. Uh, yeah. I think the way he says, like, thanks to uh, Tony Todd's character. Um, yeah. He's like, it's nothing, is it? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, just thanks kind of thing. Um, and then Eric's in his apartment. He's on the roof and he's playing his guitar. Um and, you know, he's having a moment to himself, I guess, to reflect before he goes on his next killing spree or murder. Yeah. The thing is, he's not going out to kill people other no. than the people who've directly affected him. No, is he's, he? he's very specific about who he's after. Mm. Um, and then, again, you get to see a, sort of like the after effects of uh, Dala and how she's now uh, no, sorry, that's a bit later on. But but Sarah goes back to her apartment and her home, yeah. Um, and she gets the album, um, and she yeah. plays it, and it's the line, isn't it? You know, and oh, the crow turns up. Yeah, yeah. Crow turns up at the window. Um, he she sees the crow, and then the, the the album, the song gets stuck on that line. Uh, again, the little sort of trigger for her, I guess. Um, and then the crow's out there searching for two bad guys uh, that are left which is T-Bird and Skank yeah <laughs> Skank um, like dude um, and then yeah so they're in a um, the car they're going to get some drinks from a, um, and the, the, you know they're, they're now their numbers are dwindling a little bit because two yeah. of their me- the gang members are dead um, but you know and Skank really is kind of at the bottom of the pile isn't he oh, you know? yeah yeah I mean out of, out of a pile of shit he's he really is just the runny bit at the bottom he's the runt isn't he yeah he's, you know, he gets sent into a shop to get some smokes and road beers which yeah beers beers to drink drive to that's right and but he's uh, such a oh, he's, he does one of those things that really fucking pisses me off because you see it in supermarkets all the time because he's he's going around picking random stuff up like an arsehole yeah but fine, as long as he pays for it. But he's opened he's opened that big old bag of crisps before he gets to the fucking counter. Mm, and I yeah. fucking hate it if you're in a supermarket and you see you see someone pick pick something up and they just open it and give the kids some chocolate or something and they take the empty wrapper. If if you're lucky, you occasionally see him on the um on the checkouts and they've taken the empty wrapper and it's like you haven't fucking paid for it. I know you're paying for it now, but oh, I just, I don't know, it gets right up my fucking ass that does. <laughs> That fucking um, thing ain't yours to eat until you've paid for it, you bastards. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and and so um, then um, T-Bird's in the car and th- then Eric appears in the back and he's he's got a gun on him now. And, you know, uh, he says something like, you know, I'm your passenger and I want you to drive. Uh, and then he starts driving off and Skank realises something wrong has happened. Uh, so he runs out the shop and gets fucking nailed. Absolutely, this- he gets walloped, doesn't he? <laughs> He gets run over by another little 
it's a shitty little car, isn't it? It's yeah. like a toy car almost. Yeah, but it's a big um, bloke inside. Bloke gets out and Skank miraculously survives, then proceeds to knock the fella out and then jump <laughs> in the car. Yeah, because the guy says, like, you hit my car, you asshead. Like, <laughs> hey, you run him over. Um, but yeah. And so he's chasing after him and then T-Bird's doing all the talking. And uh, Eric's not really saying anything, is he? Except, no. you know, just drive faster, just go. Uh, and then the cops start chasing them. Um, and, you know, th- then Skank's kind of, it's almost like the, a bit of a, it, just to show what a loser Skank is. He's kind of like the comedy relief a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like he can't see out of the windscreen because it's cracked and a bit bit cloudy inside. And he's goes up a uh, bomb, you know, gets stuck at a dead end, has to turn yeah. around. He's just Goddamn, a... did he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't quite understand how he keeps up with it because he's never going in the right direction and he's driving quite slowly. But yeah. he, he's never far... But he, yeah, he, I don't know, maybe he really likes the musky scent of T-Bird because he manages to find him wherever he goes. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's definitely one of these kind of lap dogs. He'd do anything yeah. for, for him, wouldn't he? You know, oh, uh, just accidentally takes the police car out as well. Yeah, and so he gets run over again, or he gets his car gets sideswiped massively. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he just falls out of the out of the driver's side and gets up with a slight limp. Yes, uh, there's no airbags in his car, but there are in the no. cops' car because you see them go off. <laughs> yeah. um, and so then he's running after um, T Bird and Eric, who are now at these the docks. They're yeah. like docks, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. Um, and again, Eric's not saying anything, but. T-Bird recognises him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then he's getting strapped to the car. He's putting, like... like Gaffer um, taped up. Gaffer, it, yeah. It? Gaffer tape around. He's, he's, uh, he's, t- he's tying him to the chair. Um, and so, the, then again, this is the quote from T-Bird that, you know, he reads out in a flashback to Shelley um, uh, from Milton... Because he realizes he's about to die, and again, this is the the Emil moment from Robocop. He's yeah. like, you know, we killed you. You know, there's no coming back. You know, you can't come back. Um, and so then, you know, he, he puts this like grenade or flashbang or whatever it is in between his legs, he sets the car off. Genuinely scared. Yeah, um, but again, like he he doesn't say anything, does he? And no. he he. Uh, he does this kind of, he's got the crow on his shoulder and he, as the car goes off, it's almost like a fun kind of like, he does this little wave with his fingers, doesn't he? Like, yeah. you know, happy trails kind of thing and as he's about to die. Um, uh, and then, you know, the car explodes as it goes off the, the side of the the, uh, the pier or whatever it is. Uh, and Skank sees it. Um, and again, there's, there's a, a um, an overhead shot of this, He's, he's you've seen him do something with like a little can of um uh petrol or, or whatever it is yeah he's, squ- he's squirting it, it but you don't see what he's doing with it until he then sets it on fire and it's an amazing f- uh, crow yeah, it's, it's it's like an overhead shot of the, the crow and in and, and it's just that the outline of it is is being set with fire it's it's awesome it's you know it's a it's a really Again, really striking visual shot, yeah. isn't it? You know, the way it all forms very slowly and then you see the full burning image of this crow. It's incredible. Um, and then he's walking away from it slowly. Um, and then um, 
Tony Todd's now the sort of like investigator. He's he's on the scene because he's at the grave, isn't he? And he, he sees the open grave for for uh, Eric and the casket's open. Yeah. Um, the, the only person to stumble across the fact there's an open grave. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, is, day, is it daytime in this it's scene? It's daytime now. Yeah. This is actually daytime. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's still fairly grey. Like the palette of the, the, the film, the yeah. way it's filmed, is still quite grey, isn't it? You know? Definitely. <clears throat> um and then again, so this is the scene I referred to earlier on, uh, was Sarah, she's in the apartment, it's daytime, and her mum's cooking breakfast for her. Yeah. Um, and and because you'd imagine years of neglect from Sarah, uh, from Darla to Sarah, it's like Sarah's just like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she's pretty nasty to her, but then you'd think she kind of, Darla deserves it really, doesn't she? Cause oh, she's definitely. Been a, you know, she's been a horrible mom. She's totally neglected her, and now all of a sudden she's cooking her breakfast. It's like yeah. what the fuck? Eggs. You know. But she doesn't know how that how Sarah likes her eggs. And, yeah. yeah. Sarah gives a shit. So Darla goes to throw them away, and obviously, obviously the allure of those uh, runny yolks a bit too much for Sarah. So she kind of caves in, calls her, yeah. calls her mom, tells her how she likes her eggs, and uh, Darla does a weird little hop when she flips the eggs over. Yeah. Um. Like she's she's kind of acting like a mom for the yeah. first time in a long time, um, and uh, yeah. Then now we're at the police station, and Lieutenant questions Albrecht about why he's got um, the file, why there's been another death. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know, I employ you to on the streets. Why has anyone died? Um, and who the cartoon character is? Who the and and then he gets suspended for yeah. what? <laughs> You know, he's a he prick. Like, he don't like him, does he? No. Um, uh, and and so now Sarah goes to Eric's apartment because she believes that she saw Eric. Yeah. Um, Eric's burning all his photos, isn't he? Yeah. Um, now, it's never explicitly said how long he's got to avenge himself yeah. and, and Shelley. Is but, it, yeah, is it time or is it, you know, once they're dead, they're dead, which it, but it can't be. Or maybe it is. I don't know if, if the link's there later on. You know, yeah. yeah. Is it too In days? an interview, well, yeah, in an interview, um, Brandon Lee suggests two days. It's yeah. like, what would you do if you got two days to, to put things right? Well, I always thought it's until he kills them and that's when... He, but then... He's, it's like he loses in vulnerability at that point, or is it when he shoots the crow? Anyway, we're jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd say two days because we've had we've had you no. Know, he's done quite up until now has been the night that he came back. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, well, it, it was isn't. a it, it was a year on, wasn't it? So he died on the thirtieth of October. Yeah, and then it was the thirty first of October. So maybe it was thirty hours after when Shelley died. So maybe that's the two where the two days comes from. Yeah, I'm just thinking because we've, we've had a night, we've had a de- we're now in a day, but didn't we have a day between then? Mm. Oh, I can't. No, yeah, yeah, it must have done. Yeah, I think <clears> I think all <throat> yeah. of what I think him killing T Bird, Tintin, and Fun Boy happened in one night, and now it's the next day. Fucking hell! And you got <clears> T <throat> Bird got around quite a bit, didn't he? And you got Skank left, so um, but yeah, um, so like I said, Sarah goes to the apartment and she goes into search of. Uh, Eric, like you said, he's burning photographs um, and she's talking and uh, he's having flashbacks again whilst he's looking at the 
um, the photographs and he's uh, he quickly puts the fire out when he hears her come in and she's just talking isn't she she's just talking yeah. out loud trying to get a response but he's not answering um, but she sees the smoke so she knows that somebody's been there um, and you know she uh, goes well she says that she misses them you know yeah. and she's lonely um, and that uh, you know he, he, she she kind of gets annoyed that he's not answering because she gets the feeling that he's there but she, he's not answering so she, she goes to leave and you know says, yeah. oh, to hell yeah. with you and they get that yeah, the, it's like the sun comes out doesn't it the yeah like the sun comes out and illuminates his shadow um, uh, yeah and uh, yeah he reveals himself to not in that way and, uh, yeah, <laughs> and they, they share a hug and uh, yeah got me it got me that and the music Definitely, a lot I wrote it here. It, emotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my robotic visage. It's like emotion, um, you know. And but yeah, totally. And it, it, it is the music. I think yeah. it's the, it's the accompanying music. There, I think it generally happens in about three scenes, three key scenes. Yeah. Where you hear that sort of like um, bit of the score, and it, and it usually accompanies a really uh, emotional moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and um, so then you've got Skank telling Top Dollar about what's going on and Tony Todd's there and uh, what happened to T-Bird. And <laughs> Skank is it's brilliant. fucking mental. He is. He's, 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 he's getting drunk, but he's also, like, he calls him a speed freak, doesn't yeah, he? You can but barely fun- understand what he's saying. Yeah, and the funny line from um, Top Dollar is he says... to. Uh, Tony Todd is well, maybe we should just film it and watch it back <laughs> <laughs> watch it back in slow motion uh, which is very cool and um, yeah and, and then he uh, does he punch him at that point does, you know he gets a bit fed up with him yeah on. yeah just gives him a belt in and uh, he just throws him in the chair doesn't he and tells um, Tony Todd just to watch him yeah um uh, and then the, the, the cop, um, Albrecht's talking to Sarah uh, again at the hot dog stand, you know, and they're kind of having a conversation, you know, you know, when you're dead, you can't come back, can you? And yeah. again, they're, they're kind of questioning th- their own sanity, I guess, at this point, aren't they? And whether they're believing what they're seeing, uh, even though they've had moments with, with Eric, even though he's dead, you know, still can't quite believe he's, he's come back, um, you know, um uh, and he's he, you don't see this part of the conversation, but she kind of she fills in the blanks. She says to Albrecht, you know, he can't have a Eric can't have a conversation or a relationship, I should say, with Sarah anymore because she's alive and he's dead. You yeah. know, so again, that's tinged with sadness, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's like it's like she got the hug, but she knows this. Yeah, it's it's not going back to the way it was in any way, shape, or form. This is a temporary thing, mm. and that was just. Um, that was all she could get. Yeah, uh, and again, he's playing guitar on the roof, but this time he's he's ready for business because, and again, it's the anger, it's the everything's boiling over for him again uh, because he he smashes his guitar and amp up and everything, and and then again you're at Top Dollars and there's another band playing, um, and 
then you get the crow flying uh and there's the whole gang of people different different types of gangs isn't there yeah, really it's like, it's um, like he's gathered everyone and there's just a table full of ammo and coke yes i just love the fact that like three points up the table there's just like these like you know where you'd expect to find a bowl of peanuts there's just a plate of coke <laughs> And um, and Top Dollar's sort of he's delivering this speech about Devil's Night, you know, and yeah. how they started it off as as a way to terrorise the city or start fires, but then it it turned into like Halloween, I guess, to yeah. a certain degree. It turned into a bit of a holiday, a bit of a theme. Um, so he doesn't want to just set a few fires; he wants to burn the whole fucking city down, yeah. doesn't he? Again, which from a business side. Doesn't make much sense. I'm assuming his business is drugs, because he certainly has access to a lot of them. Mm, yes, uh, and um, uh, and then and Eric's listening to it. It, it again. The way he sort of sits or perches himself, he, he almost like acts like a crow, doesn't he? Yeah, um, a little bit. You know, he's he's perched on the balcony again, listening to all this stuff. Um, mm. One dodgy line delivery was when. Uh... I like the pretty lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's not the best, is she? She's no. just a weird... She should just be poking eyeballs. Weird witch eyeball woman. Yes. Um, and then he comes in. Uh, the crow uh, sits on the table. And then um, uh, he, he, he says, I only want skank. Uh, and skank's shitting himself, isn't he? At this point. Um and then, um, you know, the top dollar says, well, you can't have him. And so then he gets shot to shit. Yeah. Uh, um, and then just chaos ensues and, and people mm-hmm. are getting shot left, right and centre. There's It's it's a bit like when I watched Hard Boiled for the first time. Lots of dual wielding, lots of John Woo, sort of not, not slow-mo, not pigeons, yeah. but there's lots of like dual wielding <laughs> or doves, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's lots of you know uh, dual wielding, shooting, yeah. um, a bit of stabbing. Um, it gets a um, yeah, he gets a sword, a, doesn't it? At one point, yes, like samurai sword. People. Yeah. Again, um, none of it's done with with any particular finesse. You know, he he, he he wields the sword okay, but he's not a fucking ninja. He's not you know he's shooting people, but. It's not like he's shooting one per. He's not not doing a RoboCop and every bullet hits someone. He's just spraying around manically. He get mm. you know, because he's invincible. Essentially, he will get everyone. Mm. And again, a, a similar parallel to the RoboCop scene with the drug den. You know, and he yeah. goes and he, and he shoots everybody, and then um, you know, and he, so anyway, he do, he does do a lot of few flips and somersaults and yeah. a few bit other bits and pieces and whatever. Nothing, which, nothing too outrageous. No, and like you said, certainly no spinning. Uh, kicks or anything like there's no you get the feeling there's a little bit of martial arts but nothing overtly you know no. um and so then he grabs everyone's dead uh i love and, that bit where the gun and the music fades out you just get that little bit of a score just like a couple of notes yeah as he turns around and he he turns around and is he still on the table at the time i think he's on the table he turns right only skanks hiding under the table he just looks at his most vengeful then. And I've, I'd always thought that little five or six seconds with those two or three notes of music as he turns around once he's shot everyone apart from Skank. Because yes. he, he tells them all, you're all going to die. And he yeah. does it. When he turns around then, it's just like, ooh, fucking hell. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then he's because he, he throws the sword and it lands on the table, but then he pushes it through the table, which yeah. land, it, it, it right near Skank's face, and it scares the shit out of him. Um, and then he grabs Skank, and and again, this is the it's, it's the line we've been saying, isn't it? You know, Skank's dead. Um, I'm not and, Skank. Skank's over there. Skank's dead. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he again delivers a really great line, and it's but it's done. This time it's it's done quite matter of factly. It's not done in such a, a sort of um, like um, a one liner. Yeah. But you know, he says something like, "You know, I guess it's not a good day to be a bad guy." Um, and you know, and then you know, like you said, Skank's dead, and he says, "Yeah." Um, and he throws him. He has a flashback of Skank just as he's uh, attacking Shelley, and then yeah. he chucks him through a window, um, and then he lands on the police car, which is. How Eric died, wasn't it? You know, he, yeah. he yeah. was thrown over a window, and um, I mean, he was possibly going to die anyway because he'd been stabbed and then shot about half a dozen times. But he was thrown out the window. I think that's kind of the the last thing, isn't it? Um, but the the police have turned up in force. Yeah, I mean, um, which makes it seem even harsher that old Albrecht gets all of the blame for every murder, when apparently they act, do actually have a small army at their mm. beck and call. But no. Yeah. All down to you, Sonny Jim, that there's people dying in this district. Yes, I could use the helicopter and the other 40 policemen, but I'm not going to. It's all on you, son. Because mm. um, there's a chase in Shoe now. So, and, and this thing is, is where uh, you were alluding to earlier on at the beginning about maybe the effects don't look as polished or as sharp as they have done yeah. because there's sort of got as you see him like running across the rooftops it, it, and jumping and whatever it, it it does look a bit fake yeah you know. there's a cu- couple of rubbery bits but they don't dwell on it it's not too bad no um and now, uh do things start hurting him now he seems to be starting to feel things a bit more possibly because he actually but... trips doesn't he like, uh, is that just due to exhaustion or is it just it takes him a little bit longer to heal because I think the helicopter's shooting at him as well, isn't it? When he's running across the roofs, is it the caliber of bullet? I don't know, mm. but he just seems to be struggling a little bit more. Yeah, and also he, when he falls off a roof this time round, he sort of like falls into something on the way down. So yeah. maybe that's. Good. But he's still okay, and yeah. he gets um, Albrecht manages to get him into the car and then saves him. Um, and and it, but again, he does his little disappearing act um, at this point. Yeah. Um, Although leaves a lot of blood behind on the on the on his uh, passenger seat. He, yeah, but it, and is that his blood or is that um, blood from the people he's killed? Yeah, true, don't, true. I don't know all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then Top Dollar is in the car with his girlfriend and um, Tony Todd, and 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 they've figured out now. Well, they believe that the crow is the key to Eric's powers. Yeah. So if you kill the crow, you kill Eric, and that's what they're going to do yeah. um and then um eric's walking down the street and he it, it's almost like now he's come to the end of his mission hasn't he yeah maybe that's why he's getting weaker because it, it yeah it feels like he's at the end now he's is you know the, the his cronus is wearing off so he can he can go back to where he's supposed to be and be at peace you know, mm. the vengeance is done yeah it's it, yeah, because he stops and he leans up against the lamppost, and yeah. he, you know, he even says, "I'm coming home, yeah. Shelley." Um, and 
you know, these trick-or-treaters run past and they believe that he's a, you know, he's in makeup. You know, he's he's yeah. a trick-or-treater himself, isn't he? He's kind of got like a weird look on his face, hasn't he? Like he's yeah. smiling and he's laughing almost at them, you know, and he's, um, it's like, again, a little moment of, of yeah, le- it's, it's levity. Like he, he's done what he came back to do now. So, maybe, yeah, maybe on his way, he, he knows, you know, he's on his way back, he can just enjoy that little that tiny little moment and he can actually enjoy it because um he's at peace almost yeah, isn't he exactly yeah uh and it, this this scene because of what happened to him and you know he's dead in real life and i think because the camera it it's it, it's almost like it's it's not slow motion it just it stops on his face doesn't yeah, it yeah lingers doesn't it, it yeah it's ex- that's the exact thing i got i thought i wonder if 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 that's lingered like that, because it's all you know, almost it's the, it's the clearest and the happiest he is in the entire film, almost. Mm. Um, and then um, Sarah's at the grave; um, she's asleep, and Eric then finds her and talks to her, you know, and, and he makes this thing about he can't say goodbye, uh, and yeah. you know, he but then he gives her uh, Shelley's yeah. engagement ring. Uh, and and they hug again. Emotion. <laughs> you do realise you have to do that for every film now. Yes. Well, um, well, normally it's lol, but like I said, if there is an emotional moment, I will make sure I write, write it down. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely again, it's the music that accompanies it. It's it's yeah. it's got to be in there because it it, it certainly um, fits the scene. Um, you know, and she. Goes, she says goodbye and he won't say it you know he doesn't even look at her as, as she leaves um and then she gets grabbed by tony todd um as he as she's leaving and taken to the church top dollars there and takes the ring from her i mean he's a fucking arsehole yeah uh, um and he he's eric's now at the grave and it's almost like he's ready to go back isn't he's ready to die until oh, he hears so old eyeball sister she's at it again because she goes oh her eyes are so innocent yeah, she's already thinking. Oh, I'll have another. I'll have another set of them. Thanks. <laughs> He's a. She's a bit like. You've seen Dark Man, I'm assuming. Yes. Larry. Um. Oh God, what was his fucking name? He was in L.A. Law. The bad guy, anyway. In um. In Dark Man, who yeah. collects fingers. He, <laughs> he slices them off, doesn't he? With his little cigar slicer. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah. Anyway. Then he's ready to go back to the grave uh, you know we, we we're ready to, to die again we don't know um but then because he hears sarah screaming he, he runs into the church again a beautiful i mean this is the one that you see you tend to see on the cover of the, yeah. the dvds where he opens the doors wide open and he sort of strides into the church um and confronts top dollar um and tony todd is waiting uh to to shoot the crow he does, and you, you you see him get knocked off the perch, but then you see him and he's kind of stumbling around a bit. He's not yeah, actually which, dead. Which means Tony Todd's a shocking shock because he's got a full-on sniper rival with rival rifle with a laser scope. Yeah, um, and then Top Dollar and Eric start having a conversation. <laughs> like, quick impression for you. Go, go, bang, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, um, and so... Because up until this point, um, Eric has been shot multiple times and and lived to tell the tale, so to speak. Um, 
he expects the same thing to happen. And when he gets shot in the arm and he actually feels it, it's like, shit, I'm hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then he gets a bit of a beating. Yeah. He actually says, and he goes, oh, fuck. And then just falls down. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, Albrecht turns up and uh, with a shotgun and he starts having a, there's a gunfight and yeah. um, he helps to he save Eric. Crow, he saves the crow as well because uh, Tony Todd's about to have another have another shot at it, isn't he? To finish it off. Yeah. I was going to say something like Bye Bye Birdie or something yeah. like that. Um, and what's her name? The fucking girlfriend's trying to grab it yeah. and everything. Um and then, uh, like, uh, Ulbrecht shoots and kills Tony Todd. Um, and then, uh, you know, his, his plan is to get Eric to be basically human shield yeah. so he can go in and arrest everyone. Um, but he can't now because he gets hurt. Yeah, and... he's, he's, he's mortal, although he's not yeah. mortal. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, see. And again, an unanswered question is, now he's, he's carried out his vengeance... Is he and he's ready? To, is he ready to go back to the grave, or is he made human at that point? It's like, or is it because the crow got shot? Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Is it, it's either the crow got hurt, so that's kind of taken away his powers temporarily, uh, or altogether, or it's he's done his mission, so yeah. now he has no more powers. Maybe because the crow got shot, it's like, well, my left wing brings him back from the dead. My right wing makes him invulnerable. <laughs> So he got shot in the right wing. Like, oh, fuck it, I can only keep you alive now because I can only flap with one side. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, Top Dollar um, goes... His girlfriend's now got the crow and mm-hmm. she is in the bell tower. Yeah. Um, and he gives her a gun. He has a kiss. There's a yeah. Jack Burton moment where he kisses her and he's got loads of lipstick on his lips. Yeah. Uh, which I'm assuming he wipes off. Um, yeah. and Let's not uh, forget sister. Mm. And also... He kind of leaves her to die, almost, doesn't he? Because sort of, yeah. He, you know, uh, he he does. I say care for her as much as you can when you're shagging your sister and <laughs> sniffing eyeball juice and smoke or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like he does. He gives her a gun and he runs off and leaves her to face the crow first. Um, and or oh, sorry, Eric, I should say. And then, um, so. Then Eric confronts her, and yeah. she's about to shoot him. And then the fucking crow pecks her eyes out. Oh, before that, she shot Albrecht, didn't she, as well? Ah, yes, yeah. she does. Like yes. twice. He got a couple of right goings over. Yeah. Um, but she, she gets a horrible death. Yeah, but she goes, I've got the power now. Was mm. like, well, you haven't, because that, no, that crow is not going to pass its power onto you. Does she think that she can get power from this crow? Well, yeah, I think so, because at one point she's even got a feather. And yeah. like you said, is she a witch? Is she, is yeah. she into witchcraft? What is she going to do something to this crow that she thinks that now it's she's like, going to become immortal? Yeah, it's like, no, to get the power from the crow, you have to die horribly. Yeah. Which I suppose she does. Yeah. It's like um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You, yeah. you know, you, you, you can be immortal, but you can only stay in one place, you know. So it's rendered almost pointless what, maybe you know. that could have been crow too is where she comes back to life because she died horribly so a rival crow brings her to life <laughs> so she can kill the first crow crow uh, 
and that so anyway you're on the rooftop and it's raining you know as it has been most of the movie but it's raining pretty heavily uh and uh top dollar's got sarah and he goes he goes to throw her off a roof um yeah. pretty much and then you know eric confronts her and he, he basically says you can have me i'm not going to fight you and but then you know he throws her off the roof they have a fight um eric grabs the this it's like a weather vane or something yeah, the lightning it? strikes it doesn't it yeah which it must have hurt yeah i never noticed that i thought that's weird i don't know why um, it has but fine yeah and so then they have a bit of a scrap they have fallen all over the place and the ring has now fallen down onto the roof yeah. which top dollar had taken off sarah um so you think that's lost you know and and um you know it's it's almost like all hope's gone now because eric gets stabbed in the back um he gets skewered doesn't he which pretty it clearly you know does a lot of damage to him um and he's about to finish him off and you know he 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 admits at this point that he's he's the one that ordered the them to be murdered yeah. and he's the one that is responsible and you know he says something like you know um i'm gonna miss you you know you put a big yeah. smile on my face yeah i apologize uh, but i'm gonna miss you because you put a smile on my face he's like oh, you bastard yeah um but this is now the scene going back to what the, when he absorbed the memories of Sarah, uh, of shelley dying um from albrecht he then puts that onto it's like the opposite, isn't it? He's giving yeah. it, giving it back. He's, Gives he, him instead, thirty days of pain and suffering. Thirty hours, all, yeah. Thirty hours, sorry, all at once. Yes, and that fucks him up because like there's blood coming from his face, his nose, his his eyes, his ears, or everywhere. And and then he fall, he pushes him off the roof, or he falls off the roof, um, and he he gets a really horrible death, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I always thought he was only he, like he falls onto like a spire thing, doesn't he? It's like a gargoyle. Thought, isn't yeah, it, it just okay. went through his chest. But that goes through his fucking back of his skull as well. Yeah, I get. I didn't notice that until I watched some of the deleted scenes. But because there's a, a a little bit more uncut, you know, and yeah. it's pretty full on. I mean, it's it's up there with a meal getting melted. Yeah, he's got <laughs> and then smushed. Fucking great spike through his chest and a thing going through the back of his skull and out of his mouth. I was like, ooh, I never noticed that. Yeah. Um, and then Eric saves Sarah, and they um, sit with Albrecht, um, <laughs> yeah. have a have a little moment together. Yeah. Um, ne- neither are sure how long they're going to live. Yes, um, get, get, goes to give him a cigarette, and then again Albrecht, you know, says like I, I've given up smoking and whatever, and um, um, and then they're sort of happy for a second, but then you know they know that Eric's going to leave at this point and yeah. uh he goes back to the grave collapses you know he's kind of calling out for shelly um and the cop is all the other cops have turned up including uh torres and uh he's even now he's been shot and he's still giving him shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's like give him a fucking break god because um you know uh, torres is unhappy because he's essentially missed all of the action hasn't he yes yeah. um, the action which and, he doesn't want in his city apparently but when it's there he gets pissed off that he's missed it yeah um and then you see uh shelly appear and she's dressed in this like white dress wedding dress isn't it yeah oh is it a wedding dress oh okay um and then you know she uh, uh, goes to uh take 
Eric away and like they have a, the, a hug or a the kiss, score don't happens they? and I'm guessing you've written emotion. I have. You're yeah. absolutely right. It, absolutely right. Got you know. And um, then the graves are back to normal. Um, and then uh, you see Sarah and the the crow has got the ring uh, in his beak. Uh, got these crows must or they were actually ravens, but they must have been really well trained. Yeah. <laughs> Clever birds. Because they're big fuckers, aren't they? they? Are, yeah. Um, and he gives it to Sarah, um, and you get the the sort of final voiceover from her, which uh, you know she says, "If the people we love are stolen from us, uh, the way to have them live on is to never stop loving them." Fuck. <laughs> Emotion. Uh, but uh, yeah, buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever, and yeah. you know it's. Yeah, uh, and and you know it says uh, for Brandon and um, Eliza, which was his fiance at the yeah. time, if I remember rightly. Um, and then you get a song um, by Jane Sidbury called "It, Can't, it Won't Rain All the Time," uh, which is on the soundtrack. Which oh, sorry, it can't rain all the time. I how do you feel about this song? Because I, I kind of want to like it more than I actually do. No, no, it sounds as if... I hated it originally because it didn't yeah. fit the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah. I get it now. Still don't think I'm overly keen. I, it sounds as if she almost sings it out of tune at points. Yeah. It just doesn't seem... I mean, the, the, I like... The sentiments the there. Yeah. I like and I like the end of it. I think when she get finally when she fully gets going, I quite like it. But there's certainly bits of it which, um, you know, yeah. uh, her voice kind of almost ruins it a little bit. I yeah, don't know. it's I, like I, I don't... you've you've overstretched yourself there a little bit. Yeah, um, but anyway, um, so that I mean that was Crow. Um, yeah. Like I said, haven't watched it in probably at least fifteen years, maybe even twenty. Uh, it's like I said earlier on, put it in a box and hadn't thought about it for a long time. Had no real desire to watch it, even no. if I'm being perfectly honest no, I, with you. Because I, I, I forgot about it for years, to be if yeah. I'm honest. You know, obviously I knew it existed, but I'd never thought about it at all. Mm. Um, so I guess over to you. What what did you think having watched it after all of those years? Well, did it still <clears throat> ha- do it for you? What did you think? I'll be honest. When he said it, I was looking. I was looking forward to watching it again, obviously because I, I used to love it. I haven't seen it for that long, and I was. I was kind of hoping that you know. I was hoping at best I'd watch it and go. Do you know what? That's held up not too bad. Thank fuck for that. What I wasn't expecting was for it to connect like it did again, mm. almost in the same way. I wasn't. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, that that this got me. This got me big time again, and it, it brought up all those old memories of what it what it meant to me at the time. Um, yeah, it kind of made me feel all that again, which really wasn't expecting at all. It, it kind of knocked me for six. This one, I think, on a rewatch, mm. because you know the old idea of this is we watch films to see if they stand up. And usually it's like, yeah, it's still a great film, or it's still a good film, or no, it's worse than we thought. But this just, you know, this just went way deeper. Mm. I think I've I really, 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 really liked it. Yeah, I, d- I don't think that the, of all of the films that we've done, um, 
there's definitely not been a film that I've connected with as much as uh, as this. No, I wasn't um, expecting it. I really wasn't. I, I, no, not at all. I think maybe the only one that has mo- got me a little bit emotionally was AWOL. Stuffed <laughs> as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, the bit where, uh, you know, you think he's he's been taken away and then, yeah. you know, he, he runs back um, and then he gets fucking ruined because he's chewing gum bastard <laughs> why did he have to do that i mean it's just like oh i don't know why but that bothers me um but yeah it, it was it was almost like it unlocked memories that i hadn't thought about for a long time yeah. and it, it, um, to me it didn't feel like nostalgia no it was it was something it was something more than that i think it's still it definitely stands up um yeah. the test of time for me and um uh, it's weird because I, 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 a VHS cover I had of this, um, it, it had one of the taglines was um, the Terminator meets Batman, <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose when you drill it down, he's unstoppable. He can't be killed. He's very gothic like Batman, but fuck me. It's, I mean, it's, I, mean I suppose take, so, but wow. <laughs> you take away all of the raw emotion and, and all of the, um, the everything that, that goes through this film and so uh, yeah as a result I, I i'm with you and and it's so weird because like i said even reading out some of those lines i i felt like it was it was getting to me you could probably tell with my, my voice yeah. was cracking a little bit because there's there's definitely something about this film there's definitely something that it's got this power it's you know this there's it's got the emotion it's a very very heightened film emotionally you know with, with lots of different emotions and um you know with the themes that of, of loss and love and 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 again i think one of the, the main things like i said the conversation he has with albrecht is that it just makes you focus a little bit on your own mortality um because like i said you you don't know how much time you've got and it can all come crashing down you know very quickly and yeah. so to appreciate the moments the little things the little moments there's yeah. a there's a, a a great line in um goodwill hunting where um robin williams is, is talking to um um fuck me what's his name will uh and he's explaining that it's the little moments like where he's expl- he's talking tell you know telling the story about how his wife used to fight in bed and it's but it's those moments and they, you know when she she died those were the moments that you remembered because those are the funny little moments in life that you think you know that that make that sort of connection that relationship special so yeah um not a weird one i don't want to describe it as weird because that makes it sound different or strange no, I, but I, it was unexpected i mean from a bog standard film point of view like i still think visually it holds up yeah Everything, everything artistically still holds up. It's really well done. Yeah, there's a couple of effects that are a bit shady in comparison to what you get now, but of course there are. But I think as a, you know, there's no fat on it. It it, it zips along, looks great, sounds great, and then it's got you know every everything that it, everything that it meant to me back then, sort of yeah, come flooding back and I, I, and, I, and I, yeah, that weird. Mm. So there you go. The Crow. Uh, oh, we did get um, one Twitter correspondence from this, which is... It just shows we're old, I think. Yeah. Um, from The Barkside, at the, the Barkside Shop, which is one of the sponsors of um, one of our shows. Let me 
find out which it is uh, a sponsor of the dog Bodie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> one of our shows, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, one of our one of our crew. Hey, can call. we get sponsorship ourselves, like as people? Um, well, our show possibly could. No, 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 I don't want show. I want you know if if Bodie can get sponsorship as a as a dog, I want sponsorship as a human. Well, well, we we could look into it. Something something that fits our personality, I guess. If you if you want a dog toy, I'm sure they'd send you one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you're interested, if you want anything doggy related, then um, visit thebarksideshop.com. Uh, no, I wasn't for, saying for, I want I want the Barkside to sponsor me, but like, uh, I mean, you could be sponsored by I don't know Neil's nipple covers. <laughs> Well, we had be, we had below the belt at one point, but yeah. they fucked off. Um, you got something with your uh, anyway. nipples, and I could have something for I don't know dry throat. Yes, um, but uh, no, they sent us over a um, a little Twitter message, which I'm. I'm they call them tweets. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Um, do you want to read it out? Go on. Oh. Give me a break. One of the best movies ever made. Timeless. Perfect. Atmospheric. Yeah, I think that sums it up, really, doesn't it? Um, but there you are. Um, I really enjoyed chatting about this film. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm uh, really glad you chose it. It's been, uh, it's brought back a lot of memories, um, and uh, it's it's sort of made me think about, uh, you know, me as a person back then and who I am today a little bit, and just yeah, um, not nostalgic because nostalgia is usually tinged with some happy memories and. and that my life back then wasn't all happy yeah. but it, it it was my life you know it was kind of me and um you know this film was part of my life hugely at that point so uh but there you go um now um i think that's it really we're, we're doing um we're still going to do depending on when these get released um if it, this will be a halloween show hopefully yeah and and then there'll be a potentially well, I'm not. I'm not even going to guess what order. We've got loads. We've got loads in the pipeline. We've got. We've got RoboCop. We've got Big Trouble in Little China, and we've got Every Which Way But Loose. Fuck me. That's a bit of. You, you can't get much diversity. <laughs> more diversity there, can you? Then really. Um, so, um, right. If you want to find us um, on uh, Twitter, I am at Dastardly Jabby. Where can you be found? I am at Ape mutterings and if you want go to the website 60 it still has 60 minutes with uk you can still look at that or you can do 60 mw.co.uk uh, then it's got all of our shows all the other stuff that goes on there if you go to if you are on twitter um at 60 mw podcast that will take you to our twitter page with all of the competitions giveaways all the gubbins I can hear your cat. Yeah, so can I. Get out of you. So thank, well, thank you to you first of all uh, for for because um, normally, like I said, we. I mean, we've had a laugh with this. Yeah. But there's been more to it, hasn't there? And yeah, I think, I think this is probably the one we have the least japery with. Yeah. So because a lot of the films, we we have a laugh at the the something or other, uh, whether it's the production values, the acting, or whatever, we have a laugh about it. But um, this is, I suppose, been a semi-serious uh, chat about uh, you know, and and it's in, mm. interesting, like I said, about you know how we've never actually met, 
in person, but um, how we shared similar experiences, uh, you know, to do with films and the time of our life and the music and everything else that was connected to it. Um, so, yeah, but no, thank you for uh, having a, a chat. No. These last three hours have flown by. Yeah, thank you. I mean, thanks for suggesting it. I mean, it would have been slightly awkward if one of us had really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Or he turned around and said, oh, you pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's been awesome. And we will see you again next time for some more movie goodness. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.